proper way to light a cigar. This is called the burner, and it is awesome. First, you start by toasting. You never want to get too, you don't want to burn up the cigar. So, so now that you've kind of toasted the end pretty well, yeah. what you're going to do is you're going to take a draw, and I'm going to hold the flame about an inch away from it. Pulling the air through is actually going to draw the flame to the cigar. Hey everyone, this episode will close out 2017. And if I must say myself, this is a fantastic episode, especially for someone like me who knows nothing about cigars and wants to pair them with some good bourbon. It's been something that you all have asked for, so I'm glad we're able to make this happen. Thank you as always to our Patreon supporters. 2017 was a monumental year of growth for our listener base, as well as people helping sponsor this podcast. I hope that our monthly giveaways, the t-shirts, the koozies and more all make it worth it. If you're looking to support more of your favorite entertainment that comes from two guys in Kentucky trying to keep this time-sucking hobby going in 2018, take the opportunity to help support this podcast. Visit patreon.com, P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com slash Pursuit and choose a monthly donation amount that works for you. We really do appreciate all of our fans out there, especially those who also take the time and write iTunes reviews and get their friends to listen to this podcast. As a reminder, please fill out our audience survey. It only takes three minutes and gets you entered to win a $50 Amazon gift card. Go to bourbonpursuit.com slash survey and select all the brands that you've learned about because of this show. With that, enjoy this week's episode. Ed Bly and Rising Tide Spirits are back again with a new release of Old Stubborn Bourbon. And this release of Old Stubborn is a premium hand marriage of 10, 11, and 12-year cask drink, barely filtered pot still bourbon. It comes in at a staggering 123.8 proof. And the flavoring grain for this one, which the last one was weeded, but this time it's now rye. Rich, sweet, and bold with a long finish that's sure to be another eye-opener. You can order online at Sealbox or thebourbonconcierge.com, and you can even purchase in person at Revival Vintage Spirits and even now with very few select stores in Kentucky. You can get it now while you can, but be sure to do it because it's not going to last long. And they're off for another Get 270 2020 Unicorn Raffle. Your $20 ticket gives you not one, but two chances to win from our lineup of 20 Woodford Reserve treasures, including the grand prize, the rarest unicorn yet, the Woodford Reserve Kentucky Derby 150 Baccarat Edition. Only 150 bottles were made and is just like the one the Derby winning owner receives. Quit horsing around and get your $20 tickets now at give270.org. Charitable gaming license ORG 0002703. From their bar to yours, Chad and Sarah of the popular YouTube channel It's Bourbon Night bring you their favorite at-home old-fashioned mix with the new Elemental Elixir's Golden Hour Syrup. It's a custom-made syrup with notes of bold black tea, warm spices, and orange zest. All you need is your favorite whiskey and ice. No bitters needed. One bottle makes 16 drinks, so that's only $1 cocktail before you add your own whiskey. They can also be enjoyed in other cocktails or spirits, mocktails, coffee, tea, and anything you can think of. It's crafted locally in Lexington, Kentucky, and you can get your bottle now at whiskeyambitions.com.
Welcome back to an episode of the Burp Pursuit Podcast, the official podcast of bourbon. Uh, today, we are doing something that's actually, it's the first, you know, we've been on this location before, which is my yeah. house. Which <laughs> Our is my official studio. <laughs> yeah, but we're actually uh, outside today, so apologies if you're going to hear some cars going by, some some weed eaters, uh, maybe an airplane every once in a while, but, uh, you know, this is something that I, uh, I don't necessarily have the, the opportunity to do in my basement because I don't have a... Uh, you know, a huge HVAC unit down yeah. there, right? You know, we've already started smoking cigars, and this was yeah. something that, you know, we had a lot of people, they said, you know, I want to kind of understand, like, well, talk a little bit about uh, bourbon and cigar pairing. And yeah, you see the the Pappy bottle, and you see everybody thinks, you know, immediately thinks bourbon cigars are a match made in heaven. And, so. and they're, they're right. Yeah, <laughs> they're right. <laughs> and, and us two amateurs, we've dabbled or maybe smoked a cigar here or there, but we have... We have absolutely no clue, like, about cigars, so that's why I think this episode is going to be really cool. Yeah, this is, not only that is, um, you know, one of the people that we have on here is a a Patreon supporter of the show. Uh, He's actually won a a giveaway one month as well, so, uh, you know, I'm going to go ahead and introduce our guest today. So today we have Jake Glancy and Jeremy Kendrick. Uh, Jake is the owner of Jake Cigar Bar uh, in Lexington, Kentucky, and Jeremy Manager, I assume, right? So, uh, fellas, welcome to the show. Thank you, sir. Thank you for having us, Kenny. So, you know, before we kind of get it kicked off right here, and, you know, we'll talk about cigars here in a minute, but uh, kind of talk a little bit about maybe like your journey into bourbon. Um, was it cigars that led you there? Was it your grandpa that led you into bourbon? Was it just like, hey, you know, what what was it? So Who Jake, wants to go first? Jake, we'll start with you, man. All right. Bourbon or cigars? We'll start with bourbon. Bourbon. Right. Bourbon was, you had it pretty much right. It was my grandfather. He uh, was kind of, uh, is, he's still alive. We went, just went on a fishing trip for his 93rd birthday. But uh, during the summers, I would go up to his house in Ashland, Kentucky. Uh, my grandmother was in a nursing home. She was battling Alzheimer's, so she was in the home, and he was home alone. So I'd go up there for weeks at a time and just hang out and learn. He was retired at that point and everything. But uh, one day, I don't know what age, um, he said, well, you want to try what I got? <laughs> and I was like, well, sure, grandfather. <laughs> Whatever that and, is. And, uh, you know, he pulls out... A jug of Kentucky Tavern, you know, 175 classic of Kentucky Tavern. Was he in a fraternity? I don't know. Maybe in the in the 20s. He was yeah. in the, the, the Army, if does that count? But um, that, that was my go-to. I think that's yeah, why he right. brought that up. Uh, but so he um, poured me some Kentucky Tavern and Sprite, and we sat and had popcorn and watched Matt Locke or Andy Griffith or whatever version of <laughs> was on at the time. And uh, from then on, you know, when I'd go up there, it'd be like a special treat. We'd have – he'd let me have some some – bourbon and Sprite, and that's kind of where it all started. Sounds like an awesome Sunday. Yeah, I know. Really? <laughs> yeah, it was. Jeremy, what about you, my man? Uh, for bourbon, it was, um, we traveled around a lot. After I was like seven years old, we moved around to Connecticut and uh, Ohio, New Orleans, Key West. We, my parents were nurses, and we traveled. And uh, when they, everywhere we went, as soon as people, as soon as dad told them we're from Kentucky, there were some presumptions everyone made but after if you were a friend when we went home they wanted a dad to bring back bourbon and when i was 14 we were at a conference he did an international conference it was in california next year is going to be in kentucky dad was hosting us for a foster parents association the guys from ireland were there and on the elevator on a five-minute ride they quizzed us about bourbon and for the first time i recognized this is important everywhere else it's not just you know, the Kentucky thing. And so anytime we moved around, I drank bourbon just because when I hit 
old enough to drink bourbon. Uh, it was a thing that reminded me of being back home. And so when I came back five or six years ago and all this was starting to go on, it was it was really cool. Absolutely. So now let's, um, you know, the, the real reason because we had you guys on was, you know, today is all about cigars, right? And, you know, you guys take care of a cigar bar in Lexington. I'm sure you have a pretty stellar bourbon selection as well, right? Yeah, we run... We run, we're at 250 plus whiskeys and about 180 of them are bourbons right now. Awesome. I'll add to it every day. So I think, um, I think, you know, I think this is going to be a lot of education about cigars and pairing with bourbon and stuff like that. So first I want to go through and talk, you know, the basics of cigars. So Mm -hmm. talk about, you know, uh, types of leaves, maybe rolling techniques. I mean, when we were actually starting the show, you were talking about like different kinds of cuts. Like, let's go over just some of the basics of what you really need to know about, you know, maybe for just the, cigars in general yeah. for those noobs for that are out there. For, for novice. Yeah. I'll start with cutters. Everybody talks about cutters. Everybody thinks, you know, and I've, I've done everything from biting off the end of it to stabbing a, a golf tee in it. I mean, sometimes you just got to do what you got to do to get the thing open. But if you have, if you have the luxury of availability of a cutter, then then you're going to end up better off. But so the main cutter, the traditional old cutter, is your your guillotine. Your two double bladed. Now they're they're not all double bladed, but most of them are double bladed, and that's just a straight cut, flat cut. So what that does is, unlike his cigar where we did a flat cut, all it is is just cuts off part of the cap. And you don't. The the thing is, all cigars have a cap, and you don't want to go too far past the cap because because the cap's what holds it all together. Uh, so then the other option is a punch. So a punch is just like a cookie cutter, like a really small cookie cutter. And you just kind of slowly kind of stick it into the end and it pulls out part of that cap. Uh, punches are very nice, um, but also can be very cantankerous. They, they, if you don't have a sharp punch, most likely you're going to crack your cigar. And the honestly. steel in a curved shape doesn't like to say Right. Sharp, it's, it's not like you long. can hone it. It's not <laughs> like you can, you know, really sharpen it or anything. So basically it just needs to be a newer, high quality punch. So the really popular one these days is what I, my favorite, which is a V-cut. So basically, or notch cut, but it's mainly a V-cut. So what it does is it just takes out, snaps out the center of a cigar. So it's kind of like the best of both worlds where you don't have to take the whole cap off and you don't have to judge how deep to go on the cigar where you're going to risk cutting that cap off. But you're not also dealing with delicately putting a punch in there. You still get to snap it down. There's a whole lot less thought process. What's the advantage to like each, I guess, method or disadvantage? So the the V cut and the punch are nice because they leave a lot more of the cap intact. Okay. If you're the kind of person that likes to chew on cigars at all, that helps. Okay. That's gonna want to. It'll help it stay together. Like Jake said, it's the it'll keep the structure of it. Um, the advantages and disadvantages straight cut will work on any cigar anywhere. Um, disadvantage: it's the easiest to mess up from the user end. V cut is the simplest to use, almost bulletproof. Only works on round cap cigars. So if you have a pigtail like that one had, we couldn't use it. Okay. Do you have um, any pyramids or torpedoes over there? Yeah, I've got a couple figurados. Hey, <laughs> hand me one of them. So just talk about it. Like, so talk that's about what he's talking about. So with this, this is the uh, if it comes a to a fine point. This is a true point. Yeah, and it just it's basically where the cap goes to a point and not a rounded edge. So this is where he's saying you can't use a V cut uh, or punch, right? Mm-hmm. Because you can't punch, obviously. But a lot of people don't know the reason that a torpedo exists or a pyramid. Yeah, I was going to ask that. Right. Why? The, the, uh, a lot of people don't know, and what the actual reason is is that you get to determine how much smoke you get and what kind of draw you get. You cut just a little bit off the end, you're gonna have a tighter, cooler draw. It's gonna be harder to pull it through, it's gonna be a cooler smoke. You cut more of that cap off, 
You're going to get more of that airflow through, so it's going to be hotter, and it's going to be a lot more smoke at once. So it's, it just basically determines, like, how you like the draw on that one. A Kristoff's got a real kind of an open draw. So if you want that— I like that, all the smoke. I like right. heavy hitters. You don't want to have to I'm work a heavy hitter. for it. Right. You don't want to work for it. <laughs> yeah. Nobody wants to work for leisure. Yeah. So what you do is you just cut further down in the, on the cap. But somebody that likes that cool smoke and they're looking for it to last a lot longer, then what they'll do is they'll just cap a little bit less off the end. And that's going to give them a, a tight draw and a cool smoke. So that's why the torpedo Now talk exists. about different, I guess, because I'm looking at your— the array, no, <laughs> array of options here. Um, so you have long, fat, short. Oh yeah. You know all different shapes endless. and sizes. What What does that mean? And uh, so you know why would you choose one versus the other? So cigars come in, especially nowadays, more sizes than ever. They come as short as three and a half, four inch cigar. When we're talking about sizes, by the way, uh, sizes are done by length and read gauge. So if someone says a cigar is a six by 40, it means it is six inches long and a 40 ring gauge. 40 uh, ring gauge uh, is me is measured in 60 fourths of an inch. So a 40 ring gauge is 40, 60 fourths of an inch in diameter. Um, Show them the 70. Yeah, but I say we go all the way up to this big guy here in the middle. Uh, that's which actually, is, the diameter is actually larger than an inch. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a, big. Yeah, it's it a like 7 a by 70. Right, it's like a broadwork. And and the bigger cigars have become more popular these days. Um, and they, I don't understand. The naming of them is it can be a little confusing because there is no standard of naming of size, um, especially to bourbon guys and, we, and scotch guys. We have this issue. There's a lot of laws and rules about naming things. Whereas with cigars, you will have a list of names. Uh, you have classics like Robusto, a Churchill, Toro, which all tell you a generic size range, but not necessarily specific. Um, and the size does affect it. So if you have the same cigar, that Kristoff or that Romeo, and you have it in a variety of sizes, each one will taste different, even though it's the same tobacco. Um, the reason is you're getting the ratio of the wrapper to the filler is changing, and your wrapper on the outside is what provides 80% of the flavor to a smoke. Um, so if... and if you go into a, li a larger ring gauge cigar, it burns cooler than a smaller ring gauge cigar. Um, so you will change flavor that way. Do you pick the size based on how much time you want to The spend? length is pretty much time. Yeah, okay. yeah. the length is, is based on time. The ring gauge is purely based or a lot based on how it feels. What I know, feels comfortable yeah. for you to smoke on. I know when I go to my friend's house that are like, they're big cigars and we're like, how much time you got? And that's when the, right. they'll go the pick which cigar for, for what we're going to smoke. Two like, most I'm easily, like, I got 30 minutes or I got an hour. Then they right. pick accordingly. Yeah, the two most easily overlooked things and when purchase cigars is how much time do I have to smoke? How much do I want to spend? Yeah. Um, most people don't and normally think about those. how much do I want my head those. to spend? <laughs> <laughs> right. am, I, am I okay to stand up? And, and they're important because a, a cigar like the, a, a small nub um, will only run 25, 30 minutes. Whereas some of these uh, seven by seventy of that size, you're looking at an hour and a half smoke. I mean, so yeah. it, it is, it's not just small differences sometimes. So that's the one you'd want to take out like, on the golf course or, right. or you're playing poker or something. Large ring gauges for our golfers are really nice. They handle wind be much better. Okay. Uh, just because of the surface area of the fire you got. So boats, golfers often like large ring gauge cigars. Gotcha. They're no, a lot, they little like less value too. I mean, it's a great perceived value. <laughs> Getting a ton of tobacco. Because I mean, the, the price of one that's almost half that size is only going to be a 20% difference, you mm -hmm. know? So 
it's not really because because the wrapper, the like you said, most of the flavor from it is the cost. I mean, too, because the darker wrappers when you call it, talk a, a, a Maduro, it's going to be take a lot more work, a lot more fermentation to get to the process of getting to that wrapper, as opposed to a, a, a lighter one is not going to be as difficult. But it still has to be a much better, higher quality tobacco usually than what's in the inside. So you're you're kind of already like going into it a little bit. So talk about like what the difference in the wrappers are. You know, you're you're hitting on it a little right. bit, but like what kind of flavors does each release? when you are getting to it and stuff like that. So, so without getting too crazy. Um, oh, no, get crazy. Well, rappers can get, get ridiculous. What, it, we it, have it, a podcast about bourbon. So, you know, <laughs> we're, we're nerdy. It, it used to be simple. We started off with Cuban seeds being grown in Cuba. And then we grew Cuban seed in the Dominican Republic. And then we found out that Sumatran seed was great, uh, but it maybe grew better in Nicaragua. So what you have now is wrapper and tobacco identified by country of origin, meaning where the seed started and the country in which it was grown in. So a Connecticut Broadleaf, which is really the, the only real of, of consequence cigar uh, quality tobacco we grow in America. Connecticut Valley, Connecticut Broadleaf, it's typically that uh, real pale um, color you see there. It gives a creamy light finish, but it is grown all sorts of places in other countries, which then after a couple of years there will impart its own flavor onto it. But generically, and this is broad generics, but when you're in a humidor, the lighter the color of the exterior wrapper, the lighter body of the flavor. Okay. Um, the darker you get in cigars, the longer it is fermented, the stronger flavors you're going to start getting into chocolates and coffees and dark leather. And in the middle is typically where the safe place is for bourbon and scotch guys to play with with their cigar and whiskey pairings. Um, it's hard to mess up in that area because there's a lot of commonalities between them. When you start getting into the real dark flavors, like a Cameroon wrapper is delicious. Um it's got a particular texture and grain to it. Um, it's considered a prized wrapper. But if you don't pair it with the right thing, it overpowers whatever you're drinking with. Um, but typically, your safe spots right now, um, if you're getting, if you're new to cigars, Dominicans are usually very highly quality. Um, Nicaragua is the new sort of hot spot of high quality. Um, Cameroon, Ecuador. For very good reason. <laughs> They're growing some very good stuff right now. Um, and the Connecticut Broadleaf uh, is that exterior shade. So what's the difference, I guess, like, you know, in Kentucky or North Carolina tobacco versus, like, these Dominican, Honduras, Nicaragua tobaccos? Growing wow. very good. Okay. So yeah. so you're going to get here. You're only going to have a couple months of good growing. Yeah, one so harvest. You, right. So you basically have to get it quick. You okay. know, before something happens. So what you what you would end up doing is not able to get either the one big thing, the size. You know, the size of the leaves. You're not letting it. You're not trimming it and just letting the big leaves grow. You're trying to get all of it. So most of the the tobacco around here is kind of more of a burly. You know, that's it's ground up for cigarettes or um, chewing tobacco pipes and chewing and all that stuff. So, but a lot more over the last couple of years, they've they've been working towards uh, getting some. Better Kentucky tobacco for uh, we're finally starting to see premiums, right? But it's still we're never going to be able to get the volume mm -hmm. that we would uh, down there because they're you know they maintain 70, 70 year round, you know. Right. I mean, so they're, they're able to cultivate the fields and do all that. And where we we have winters, we have seasons. I was and, about to say, are you tell me there's going to be like a craft cigar market or something? <laughs> oh, that is our <laughs> it's a boutique cigar market, and it oh, is okay. it is already huge. There's actually a, it's getting massive. There's one that um, I'll plug them. Go ahead. <laughs> There's a guy named Eric McAllen that McAllen that uh, started a cigar company called Black Patch, and his cigars are not 
exclusively Kentucky tobacco, all right? And they're not rolled in Kentucky. So he is trying to do the absolute best way to incorporate Kentucky tobacco into a premium cigar. So a lot of his cigars, now this this Kenbano is the best one he's put out so far. And so it, actually the wrapper, is from Kentucky, right? Uh, no, not, 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 not the wrapper, sorry. Uh, there's parts of the filler. It's a, Right now it's a fairly low percentage from what I understand. I thought it was the wrapper. I'm All right. sure. <laughs> well, whatever. Either but way. Either way, he, he cultivates tobacco up, up here in Kentucky and sends it down to the Dominican where they, they can either, if it's they want for that cigar to ferment it longer down in the, in the more ideal situations and then they roll it down there but it does actually incorporate some kentucky tobacco in the cigar itself that's interesting so i guess uh you know i was trying to do some research for this last night and trying to read about different stuff and you know apparently like during the 90s there was this huge boom of you know like a really wanting like hand-rolled cigars now is there is that still like a thing is that like hand-rolled versus machine-rolled i mean like do you know like we a do lot not of the sell any cigars in our humidor that are machine rolled. your machine so, rolls are your swisher sweets your Black and, Black and miles, miles, all that Phillies, stuff. Everything that stuff we you sell, roll blunts with. We have, right. you know, exactly. <laughs> if, if you do that sort of thing. Um, but everything we have in our humidor, even down to our smaller cigars, are hand-rolled. And that's really never going to change. So, yeah, in, in, in the cigar market, you pretty much have three types of, of uh, cigars. Totally hand-rolled, um, totally minty, hecho a mano. Totally made by hand is what you'll see on the Cuban cigars. Then you will have totally machine made, um, which is an entirely automated process. Then you will have machine bound and hand finished. Um, premium cigar markets in any decent humidor are totally handmade, meaning they from the leaves are bunched together in tubos to start off with. Those tubos are combined to make the core. A wrapper, or sorry, a binder is gone on that to give it the structure of that shape, and then a wrapper on that. All that, the cap, is done by hand. Um, and that is the premium cigar, premium cigar market today. Um, wasn't always that case. <laughs> so so kind of like, you know, bourbon drinkers have a progression. Like they have, you know, they mix bourbon with Coke oh, or 7-Up, and then they have bourbon on the rocks, and they mix it with water, then they're going to neat. So kind of what is the progression with the cigar smokers? Are you working your simply from... Light to dark, or how? well, not necessarily light to dark, but that is a pretty much that's a simple way to put it. Okay, um, you're starting off with your lighter, like his cafe or this this Romeo is is very light. But uh, in my experience with bourbon, I have liked the hotter stuff. You know, the yeah. higher proof, hotter stuff. But as far as cigar goes, I still prefer. The lighter stuff, you know, it's about as heavy as I go is Corojo, you know, and stuff like that. So I don't, I like some good Maduros every once in a while and some good heavier stuff, Cameroons, but I kind of really got to be in in the mood. Yeah. You know, but my typical smoke, I even though I've been smoking forever, I still enjoy a flavor that in my mind is embodied by our house blend is that it's a nice medium bodied cigar with a great flavor. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, in my experience with cigars, the flavor is important. But the build, the draw, and the burn are equally, if not more, important. Um, what do you mean by the build? 
the build. Like you start smoking halfway through a cigar and it's so tight that you can't even right. can't even draw on it. Or it runs down one side. Or it's it pops and runs down a you know a, a stem of the leaf or Construction something. quality. Construction quality. Oh, like you. an actually well okay. made, consistent cigar. Because if I you know the, the times that you get to sit down and have a cigar are becoming so far and few between because our lives are just so busy these right. days. And and our, our opportunities are so much less than they used to be. So when I'm going to sit down and commit $15 to a good cigar in an hour and a half, I'm going to get really mad if it starts falling apart after 10 minutes. Right. I'm going to get really mad. Even if it tastes really good, if it's going to fall apart, I'm going to be really upset. So in our picks in the humidor and why we finally chose our specific line was that the, the, the guy that we used to build our line, which is Jesus Fuego, which is this uh, on this ashtray here, is that of all the cigars I smoked made by him, all his different flavors and, and blends, you know, all tasted great and everything. But the thing was they all had an amazing, consistent build, draw, and burn. Okay. So I, I was not getting one that really, I mean, ever that would fail me. And so that was more important to me than flavor alone. Absolutely. My, my favorite thing, sorry. No, go ahead. My favorite thing about smoking cigars, like kind of the progression of it, like when you start it, you smoke it, it's like a little lighter. And then as you kind of draw towards the, I guess the end of it, right? the end is my favorite. Like you get that like real fiery, like yeah, it, all really, the flavor, like punchy in the face. That's like, you and know. Every, everyone has a different level to which they are comfortable willing to bring their cigar down. So like right. the, the minimum you'll normally see is, you break a cigar into thirds when we talk about tasting. First third, middle, end third. Some guys let it die as soon as it hits into that last third. Okay. Um, a lot of guys will what we call nub a cigar, <laughs> which is where your fingers are burning. That's because me. the flame is getting down to the nub. Yeah. Um, and that flavor does change drastically, um, all, partly because of how it's rolled and how it's constructed. A lot of it is because when you're smoking that cigar, you are pushing the oils of it. It's coming more and more of it toward here. And it is get, so a lot. And that's why it will eventually turn bitter is because you're getting some of the bitter oils and the charred oils in the end. Some guys love that flavor. Same thing with like a, a barrel-proof bourbon. What right. A lot of people would consider uh, maybe not their favorite flavor is what some of us, myself, could hunt for. You yeah. know, flavor. Some guys so strong. love that flavor to the point that they burn it down to where it's burning their fingers. Then when they can't smoke it anymore, they put it in their pipe. <laughs> yeah. And finish it off in their actual pipe, which is, you know, I've never tried it. Have you ever tried I it? I have done it. Have I'm you? Not, I mean, it seems, it, it seems, I mean, <laughs> but the thing is, if you got a good cigar and the, uh, a cigar from the start to finish is 100% tobacco. So, I mean, there's nothing, nothing in there that's going to stop you from smoking the cap. And you get a well aged, uh, you know, Lajero style or heavy cigar, or just a great cigar, uh, Opus X or something like that, or, or uh, a Liga Provada. I've, yeah. So in comparison, it'd be like you're at the end of your uh, one of your favorite bottles of bourbon, and you're going to sit there just a little bit longer for that extra little drop mm -hmm. to fall down into your glass, even though you know it's not going to mount anything. It's still worth it for you to to get that little bit more out of it. I just have one more. I know you got a list of questions. It's all right. Keep going. Keep going. We're not. We're not in a hurry. We just so like, I'm a. You know, I typically don't buy a lot of cigars and store them myself. I'm typically like mm -hmm. it's an event. I'm going to smoke them that day or in two days. Like. So, like, as a newbie, what what is the best way to, uh, you know, store these and keep one. that, you know, because humidity it. and levels matter, I guess, because okay. you don't want to dry. My away, best but. advice is don't. Don't. Okay. Literally, I, it is such a pain to keep cigars in your house 
Yeah. And, and I've tried. I mean, there, there are some great two-way products out there and things like that. And in some instances, you have to do it. But you're never going to recreate that flavor of an actual mist, of an actual vaporizer that is in a walk-in humidor. Where you're going to get in there and it's going to be in a good walk-in humidor. Let's let's go there. Because there's a whole lot that goes into building a walk-in humidor down to the studs. So a lot of people mm. try to keep them and they'll bring it. And it's, you know, I don't say that I egg them on, but sometimes I do. If they, <laughs> if they bring in a cigar and I say, you know, I'm like, oh, can I help you pick one out in the humidor? And they say, well, I brought one. And then I'll walk by them five minutes later and it's falling apart. Mm-hmm. And I'll just smugly be like, well, guess you should have bought one, you know? And because I know if it comes out of my humidor, I'm making sure it's right. And so, and I'll stand by it. You know, if you if you do get one that is an outlier, not, not good, then we'll replace it. But the flavor that you get from pulling it fresh out of a humidor is almost unmatched. Now, I understand in certain circumstances, if you're going up to, you know, Northwest Ontario to go fishing, right. you know, there's probably not a walk-in humidor next to your camp. So right. you got have to take, and within two or three days, you can really pretty much maintain that, that idea. But so many people put so much time and effort into home storage. Now, unless they're on the, the spectrum, um, like maybe in a big, beautiful house like this, a, a walk-in humidor would make sense on your own, you know, and, and that you can do. And you don't have, you know, it wouldn't be crazy expensive, but you would have to be a true aficionado to, right. or just to show off. Right. Absolutely. To, to, to want to do that. So there was, um, there was two things that you kind of brought up. Uh, and first one I kind of want to hit on, and, and, you know, you talked about Maduro, you talked about, I uh, started with the C, is it? Cameron. Cameron. Like, kind of kind of talk about, like, because this is still all new to me. Like, describe what each of those are, like, if you were to classify them, and then if there's flavor characteristics or if there's just color characteristics. Like, what, is, what does all that mean? Back to me. Um, well, I'll just say quick about Maduro. Like, Maduro is not necessarily – Maduro doesn't stand for a region or a, a seed. Count me if I'm wrong here, but, no, no. but it, it, it's more of a – so what they do with Maduro is they'll take a wrapper and they'll ferment it longer. And that's what kind of turns it into a Maduro. Um, one quick note about Maduros is that a lot of people, it'll frustrate them if they don't do them a lot because Maduros are much harder to keep lit because through that fermentation process, you have a lot more oils in them. And so if you kind of neglect it, it'll keep going out on you and it'll really bug a lot of people. So if you have a Maduro and it keeps going out on you, it's probably not the cigar's fault. Right. And so one of the, again, when we're talking about classifications, <clears throat> he's right, Maduro, uh, where a lot of it we go by country um, or area or region, sort of where it's grown. Uh, Maduro is a shade color. We break colors down into uh, the real simple older terms are a double claro, um, nowadays known as a candela. Uh, which is a very, very light almost color green. cigar, almost green in yeah. color. Oh, yeah. Um, then it's we have very little ferment. Then you have a Claro, um, which is more commonly known as a Connecticut shade. We call everything that's really light a Connecticut shade, even though it's, again, Connecticut is where the relief was grown. And so you can have a light colored uh, Honduran or Nicaraguan shade. Um, and very commonly, people just call it a Connecticut shade because that's the color we're used to. Um, then you get into Colorado, which is your natural shades, what you think of it, a classic cigar, medium brown. Um, and then you get into Maduro. So Maduro is a 
color classification, which describes the fermentation process. Each one of those um, is either aged somewhere longer, whether it's aged on the stalk longer, whether it's aged in the barn. Um, in the case of Maduro's, it is steamed and aged and actually fermented. When you get into barrel-aged cigars, um, you're talking about a real fermentation process. That's why they're point. typically more expensive. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, because they're handled. And as you get darker, um, your flavors change by and large uh with the shade of color. So in a Connecticut shade or Connecticut broadleaf, you expect a light body, which is a, a, a light mouthfeel, not a real heavy smoke. Um, you expect a creaminess to it. Uh, that's why it goes really well. That's why it's a good starter cigar. It doesn't leave that really lingering, after, or lingering aftertaste on your tongue. Or a forever it, cigar if that's your preference. A forever cigar if you don't ever want to get into dark <laughs> cigars. Um, and it pairs really well with a lot of stuff, but it can be overpowered by heavy stuff. Um, when you get into Colorado's, you're going to start getting heavier into leather flavors, um, cedar flavors, so hardwoods. Um, you're getting— Did you bring any cedro? I didn't bring a cedro. Um, you get into some cedar flavors. I didn't bring a lot of Romeo, sorry. <laughs> um, but you're getting into a medium body, a little heavier smoke, a little higher nicotine content. Um, and then when you get into Maduro's, the Maduro's are the big boys of, of flavor, but they are also the harshest on the palate as far as, um, again, if you're it'd be like jumping straight into a, a George T. Stag for somebody. But some really good Maduro's, like really good. Well Only aged. a couple, well-aged, well-maintained, don't get harsh. Well, that's like they just get there's deep. some rare barrel-proof. Right. They kind of right. like, just doesn't get, taste barrel-proof. It's right. a real deep, almost when it's mocha, done right. Flavor that comes out of it that is just you get what magical. You go magical. almost full circle into what we call an escuro, but you don't see a lot anymore. Very right. rare cigar, um, but you get almost back to that creaminess. Um, but in Maduro's, you're going to be picking up dark chocolate flavors, really heavy leather flavors, some dark fruit flavors, um, like what you'd call baking spice and, and bourbon or in whiskeys. Um, Any and, marzipan cigars? <laughs> no, you I'm beat kidding. me to it. I was trying my best to work that in today. Um, sweetness is one we don't get a lot. Scars. There are very few tobaccos. So basically, that bring a you're saying that in a Maduro, you could find a plethora of flavors. Yes. Right. Yeah, you're getting the widest assortment of flavors. That is one problem associated when people. The most common thing I get when you walk in, they walk into the humidor. I want a light cigar. You think you want a light cigar? It's like <laughs> saying I want a smooth bourbon. Yes. <laughs> Damn it. Yes. That's exactly what it's like. What's your language? No, it's no, that's fairly fine. Yeah. Um, that's exactly what it's like. Uh, because when you say I want a light cigar, what you're really saying is I want a cigar without a lot of flavor. I want a cigarette. <laughs> warm air. But honestly, some people do want warm air. And, and, right. and, and if you're starting off. Right. They're just they're just a part of a bachelor party or a group or whatever, and they don't they don't want to be pay- tasting it for the next three days and they're they're not they don't Or we're going golfing, it's not they're not degrees. committing, yeah, they're not committing to anything. They're just because uh, okay, I'll I'll jump into this. Um one of the biggest things about cigars, and also with bourbon, um, but huge with cigars, is not actually the cigar itself. It is the camaraderie, the friendship, what you do while you're having a cigar. Right. Because with a cigar, it's not it's not golfing, it's not watching a movie. It's 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 just sitting with people that you like, spending an hour and a half with while the other person's talking, having a draw of your cigar. So you're actually engaging. So much with somebody else in this world where nobody engages with anybody through looking at their phones or whatever, um, the Facebook and the Instagram Careful and all now. that, <laughs> and uh, you know, which have their place, but you, you, everybody can agree that you need to sit back and take some time learning about your 
your fellow man. And cigars are a great medium for that because you you take the time to do it, and and it's kind of something to bond over. And a lot of people think about their grand grandfathers when they you know smell it and all that stuff, and and it kind of just brings back really good memories and and things like that. So it's it's more of a, a lifestyle and an experience. Yeah, I mean that that kind of like rolled into like the next thing I was going to ask is like you know because a lot of the times people always said you know like oh like cigars and scotch, and now it's kind of moving to cigars and bourbon. Like, well, why do you right. think this this pairing kind of happens, you know, you kind of, you talked a little bit about the camaraderie and, you know, we've talked about, you know, you know, people don't want to open their special bottles, but like, they're supposed to be special, you know, to, to open them with your friends, stuff like that. To the right? point and, of that, the, the, the reason we chose the location, um, that we did for Jake's is not only because of, because originally I was going to, I was a chef originally. So I was going to buy an old restaurant in Lexington and turn the kind of dining area into a cigar lounge and use the kitchen for my corporate catering. I really like doing catering. Okay. Um, weird thing about me, I, I, I make a lot of decisions based off fortune cookies. So. <laughs> I like it. I got a fortune cookie that said, if you chase two rabbits, both will get away. So I was like, well, I got to choose either cigars or catering. Mm-hmm. And at that time, I had already, it was an interesting story of how I ended up owning a cigar distribution company, but I owned a cigar distribution company. And... So I had a lot more money invested in that. So I decided I'll just go on the cigar side and figure that out. So I was looking at different spots in Lexington to actually uh, put the cigar bar. But in Lexington, the laws are that you cannot drink and smoke in the same place unless 80% or more of your sales are tobacco, which is almost impossible with alcohol. Mm -hmm. Um, So... It was going to be a non-smoking lounge. I mean, non-drinking lounge. And then my lovely wife, Autumn, looked at me one day and said, "We, well, you only really like to have a nice cigar when you're, when you're having, having some <laughs> yeah. drinks, you know." So why do money. you think that would be a good? <laughs> she's very blunt. So she said, "You know, why do you think that would be a good idea if you wouldn't even want to?" I'm like, well, that's a dang fine point. And so uh, there was this development called Brandon Crossing. And it's just south of Fayette County. And technically, it's in Nicholasville. They basically annexed Brandon Crossing to Nicholasville, even though it's closer to Lexington than Nicholasville, so that they could allow um, drinking. Because the, at the time, it's very all, all confusing, but the, at the time, Jesmond County was dry, so you couldn't drink in the county, but the city itself, Nicholasville, was wet. So they annexed Brandon Crossing to be part of the city so that a Red Robin can go in there and things like that where you can have this alcohol. So it kind of just worked to be the perfect storm of we're close enough to Lexington that we can draw from that crowd, but the laws will allow us to have a drinking and smoking cigar establishment. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So I guess, um, you know, and Jeremy, I'll kind of point this one to you. Just like, what do you think is the fascination with, you know, bourbon and cigars and how they kind of draw people together or how they draw flavors together like what, what do you what's your kind of take on that um quick thing sidebar because this is where we're at we like sidebars. Our, sorry i will answer this great question but where you're at in your cigars uh when your ash is starting to get a little long if possible let it fall off naturally okay uh, your cigar ash acts as an insulator for that ember and so the longer the ash the cooler the smoke the better flavor it's going to have Interesting. So and I'm always quick to ash. Oh, like, no, don't be quick to ash. That's a, that's a good sign. And even you want a nice ash. Yeah. Okay. And even to, even to the point of it, it gets so cool when it finally falls off that it'll fall in your clothes 
and you just kind of brush it off. Mm-hmm. And you'll instantaneously notice a flavor difference when that ash falls Of course, off. Jeremy gets upset with me when I'm at the bar, and uh, I'll be standing there talking to my drink, and my ash will finally fall off, and so I'll just move the ashtray on top of the ash, so I don't have to see. <laughs> so he'll walk around at the end of the night and find piles of ashes underneath my ashtray. Yeah. So that, I want to tell you that about ash. Also, um, gonna... the band... Mm-hmm. There's a big there's a huge debate. controversy. Yeah, there's oh, a lot huge. of there's. We used to have a lot of um, etiquette and aristocracy in cigar smoking, which is something that thankfully has went away to an extent today, where it's more of a common thing that everybody's doing. But it was whether you keep the band on or not. Uh, and for practicality reasons, I got impatient and took the band off, and this is the reason you often don't want to. These are held on together by just a little glue. Um, and if you take them off, you have a chance of if the glue overran the side of the paper, it will rip the. Mm, that's why you wait until it gets almost right down yeah, to the paper. That's what I do. And I so wait until the end and I rip it the off. The heat, the heat actually loosens up that glue and helps it come off. Yeah. So the lesson being, be a little more patient than I was. Um, the pairing of of, of bourbon. Well, it's with okay. Cigars. You can just slide another one. You did right. I, I, I paid for them. So really, really brought like sixty. So we're Absolutely. good. Yeah. Uh, the pairing. There's the personal opinion and the, the history of it. The history of it was, um, you know, we discover tobacco when they land in the Indies or, or, or you know, the Caribbean. Um, and they're uh, they're making the history there as it moves forward is we're making sort of a couple things well. We're making rum and we're making cigars. And so when you come and visit, that's what you're taking back to England <laughs> is rum and cigars. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was sort of where the natural pairing comes from why it's lasted and moved on the flavors complement each other extremely well um, we use a lot of the same we're talking about the flavor wheel or, or whenever we get that yeah, far you're talking about leather tobacco right you're talking about very similar flavors yeah. um, it works really well um, to Jake's point I think he's right I think it, it, it's at the end of the day we say you know you drink the bourbon you like you smoke the, the best best cigar yeah. is the one you like um, yeah. It, when you're with friends, they seem to go well together. The the, the bourbon relaxes you. It it is the uh, as uh, my favorite customer Dave Matthews said, it is the lubricant of good conversation. Um, and the cigar is what brings you down to slow down good conversation to enjoy it. And I think that's from just a personal point of view. I think that's why they go together well. Yeah. To your all's point, both points, like bourbon. And even now the cigar like is my like only time to have like zen like yeah. where I'm like totally into like the flavors like I'm not distracted by what's going on in life I can kind of just sit there focus and I'm like okay you're kind of it's like the only time I'm like fully present which you is, know in which this is crazy where it Jake's it's very I mean it, I, I know he's heard it a gazillion times and I have too is that people come in well I was just going to come in and have one you know, one cigar, one drink. And Three like, hours later. It's like, yeah, it's like nine hours later. It's like, where did my day go? But I mean, I've had a blast, you know what I mean? Because you just, you get in that that zone where you kind of escape the, the problems of the world. Uh, you know, there's a whole lot less escapes these days of the problems of the world. And you kind of get in there and it's like, I'm going to have something I like with people I like. Why would I ever want to leave? And so it, it just goes so well together. Um, right. I heard uh, there was a gentleman, uh, George Brightman. He's uh, one of the original sort of uh, editors and chiefs of Scar Fish. You know, I got to meet him, had the pleasure a couple weeks ago, and uh, someone asked him a similar question. He goes, why do we, at the end of the day, why do we love cigars? And he said, because it's the modern-day campfire. <laughs> he goes, it's where guys and girls, people gather. He goes, we don't have the time anymore to take three-day vacations every month or three-weekend vacations. He goes, but we have 20 minutes once a week to sit down with a couple friends and have a cigar. He goes, it's the same thing we used to. He goes, everybody used to have a campfire every night during the summer. And friends would come over and neighbors and you would just have a get-together. He goes, we don't have that time anymore. So we have the cigar. Well, on it, why don't you explain the box press you got in your hand? 
my favorite cigar, the box press cigar. Um, so when we were talking about sizes and all the names of, like I said, Corona and Churchill and all that, uh, which tells you a little bit about the length and the size, um, there are some that describe the shape more. So a torpedo describes, as Jake said, a cigar that comes to a point. Um, a figurado is a great word we get to use for any odd-shaped cigar. Anything that both things come to a point. Yeah, mm-hmm. all the other rules don't fit. A box press is my favorite style of cigar, um, and it's a little square, and sometimes it's very rectangular in shape, and sometimes it's just a little. Um, these are actually, after they are rolled, put into a mold that creates a box press. It does a few things that I love. It creates a consistency and burn um, that I don't find in a lot of cigars. It's also great if you're a bartender like I am when you're trying to just sit it down. It doesn't roll anywhere. It's there you right go. the hell where it's supposed to be. <laughs> and so that's... But the reason I don't like a box press... <laughs> of course you don't. Is, absolutely. Because is Jeremy does. That's no, 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 like no, no, no. No, you're not always wrong. But so I feel... I'm very odd in regard. I feel like it's limiting my options. Uh-huh. I can only hold it four ways. Right. With a round cigar... You can just turn it a little bit, you know, but with a mm-hmm. square, you know, you got to either do it this way, this way, this way, this way. So if I have a burn that I, you know, this one's just, bare, and I like to keep very consistent burn all the way through. So I'll turn it just a little bit, you know, just right. to get that. What was so the, I feel like it's. The burn, if it's burning one faster on, you, if it's burning faster on one side, you hold that side down. Is that correct? Or uh, I, I, okay. So this is where him and I. We have different opinions right. on this. If I am smoking it. Actively. <laughs> actively. I will hold it down. But hold if I down. set it down, I will hold it up. Okay. Gotcha. We're hold- in agreement there. Okay. We just didn't we didn't oh, yeah, specify yeah, yeah. before yeah, whether you're smoking it down, down, that's when you're actively smoking it, then the weight of everything. But if it's just sitting there smoldering and it's not coming through the cigar, it's just the end, then you want that up so it'll it'll kind of even that out. Gotcha. To sidebar again, too, because like, it's, where, it's where we're at in the process of, of smoking cigars. Um, if it dies on you. Um, and cigars die all the time. Uh, Maduros die more often because they're moist, uh, just the higher moisture content and more oil in them. Um, you're good to relight them within 20 to 30 minutes. Okay. Um, and here's what you do. I learned this trick from you. Go ahead. Right. <laughs> and what you do is you knock off all the ash you can. You know, actually pretty aggressively without cracking it up against the table, knock it all off. Toast the end a little bit, just like you're lighting it for the first time. But... This is the difference. What you do, you put your mouth up to it, and you blow. You blow the smoke through. Because when it went out, it traps stale smoke in your cigar. So that's where you're going to start, and it's going to get trapped in there unless you blow it all out a couple times. A couple good blows to get it all out. Then you can hold your flame about an inch away from it and draw it back in. Then you're basically, you've cleared out all the bad, and you're ready to start back with the good. Interesting. Interesting like I said, we're right in, in the process of the smoke. Um, <laughs> after about 30 minutes, maybe an hour, they're just— Sometimes if you don't remember to take a draw every once in a while. Right. Yeah, like once, that, it's yeah. Perme- once that stale tobacco has really permeated the, the, the leaf, because the, the leaves are porous, you know, Sorry. obviously. So the, once that actually permeates, you can smoke it, but it's not going to be the same quality that you had in the mm. beginning. And, and Kenny, Interesting. I just thought of this. Back to your— um, I get asked a lot why the cigar pairing has changed. Um, you know, we were, we, it used to be cigar and rum a long time ago. It was then cigar and scotch for, uh, for a while and still is cigar and We got off a little topic, didn't we? Or wines. Yeah. Well, I just remember this part of yeah. it. Um, and now it's cigar and bourbon. A lot of that is trending with whatever is popular for the palate of the area you're in at the time. Um, so, you know, if you're, uh, when I lived in Key West, uh, it's still cigars and rum. 
You know, it always it always has been, probably always will be. If you're in Europe, it's still cigars and port. It's still cigars and wine. Um, in America, thankfully, it is becoming cigars and bourbon. Um, but as long as you're for in a good reason. reason. <laughs> for good reason. <laughs> if as you're, long like, you're in the, Kentucky, it's, it's definitely oh, right. Right. Cigars and bourbon. As long as you're in the same flavor profiles as those, um, I think the spirit matches. But that was. That's so why it seems go to good change. with like uh, gin and tonics and you know like, <laughs> just whatever, you, yeah, whatever you want. Yeah, yeah. Now, one thing that is good that we haven't talked about at all is uh, a lot of people cigars are really good with a good coffee. Mm. Oh, yeah. Really good with a good coffee. We have we carry. Uh, do you yeah, have? I for, see a lot of old men in Florida like oh, wake six up. in the morning. You can get a Cuban coffee, and, and a Cuban coffee <laughs> in Florida, and it, that's what when we did the Jake yes. cigar. Uh, what I did is is to. I'm like, how are they doing this at 6 a.m.? <laughs> right. Like, Wait, it yeah, just God. goes life, so life well together. Right there, yeah. they, they greeted me at the airport, smoking a cigar, drinking a Cuban coffee. And it was just the first time I ever tasted that pairing. And it was just like, wow. You know, but you just you can't, it's hard to get good Cuban coffee up here. Right. Uh, but you can get a good, good dark roast. If you ever want to indulge yourself, guys, I'm telling you. I think you, you're talking to the right people. Right. <laughs> Next time you're on a family vacation, I did this uh, last time we went out. Wake up before everybody else does. If you can find a decent place that has coffee, great. If not, make it. Go out on the porch, get a light Connecticut shade, a Monte Cristo white label or something like that. Have that and a cup of coffee in silence. And then you're going to take a dump. It'll be <laughs> it's the best way to start a day you'll ever have. You're probably not far off. <laughs> so, um, you know, the one thing I want to also ask, you know, when we start diving into like some of the pairings here real quick is, you know, when you're smoking a cigar, do you think – like some of your like taste buds, your receptors, like a lot of those things change versus if you're just drinking bourbon naturally itself without smoking or anything like that. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Um, as a matter of fact, there, Nat Sherman, who uh, is still a popular cigar maker, um, but the, the, his father, uh, the Nat Sherman created the cigar dinner, um, believed it was so imperative to the dinner process, the tasting process to light up uh, your taste buds uh, that you would use it as you would an aperitif. Um, that it lights up and that it will – you want to try to complement your whiskey, um, and it will. It, it will accentuate it. Um, it's hard to overpower, but you can do it. I mean, if you went with a foolproof bourbon, you went with a really mild cigar, the cigar would just win. If you went with a Maduro and you were drinking Basil Hayden, the cigar is just going to win. Yeah. Um, it's a lot safer to play in the mid-grounds, um, to play in the bottled and bond 100-proof range with a – medium-bodied cigar and those flavors will complement each other um, and they do light it up but if you are if you're a person I love spicy food um, so to me nothing is better than a Corojo style cigar which is a very spicy oily cigar like and our Jake's cigar I like the like spicy Jake's cigar yep. and, and the Jake's cigar that's what we're having next yeah very much will do that um, will light up uh, another bourbon and I like to pair it with a rye which for most people is going to be too much mm. it's going to blow, blow your head off but I love it because they will build on top of each other the more you smoke the cigar the spicier the cigar gets and it, the spicier it will make that bourbon um, and so yeah it, it will definitely open people up people don't and these days he hit on something that that is kind of an old school thing and he's kind of an old school soul and I agree with it wholeheartedly is that people have gotten away from not only pairing Cigars with liquids, you know, <laughs> but you can you can pair cigars with food, and you can get some of the most amazing results. You know, I mean, eating some chocolate with them, some nuts, or a slice of pizza. I mean, just what what it does <laughs> is it just you, you get that that sausage it, and, they, sausage and onions combo. Right, right. Well, they both yeah. well they yeah. kind of 
it's like it's like smoke is like salt in that regard. It it brings out the flavors that are already there. Mm-hmm. You're getting the umami flavor eventually, right? It's just just well balanced, and it's just it's just pulling out the little little things. So because the smoke is already kind of awoken your senses, and then you you taste something else, be it. Uh, a bourbon, which is my preference, but but also foods with it is, is 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 it's a gone thing because of laws and everything that you're not pairing them as much, right? Um, but but it's something definitely to try on your back porch. Is just sit and get some of your favorite foods and and try a great antipasta platter. You know, cheeses, mm-hmm. grapes, meats. yeah, your meats, your 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 deli meats and all that stuff. Um, not like you know a slice of turkey, you know, something. but like you <laughs> like know, charcuterie, yeah, 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 some, yeah. some like you know, real nice salamis and capicolas and stuff like that. You're really gonna like country ham, right? You're really gonna be great with it. Interesting. So country, these days, country ham and a cigar, you're gonna need. If a glass anybody's of water looking too. for an, an entrepreneurial spirit, if you open up a country ham restaurant and want a cigar selection and a bourbon selection. I, I will do my best to volunteer my services to make that happen. I'm just saying. You're leaving Jake. You're not leaving Jake. I'm indentured to Jake. Yeah, that's not, that's, that's not going to happen. <laughs> so, you know, there was something, Jeremy, that you mentioned earlier, you know, talked about different flavors that are in the uh, the first third and the second third. I mean, is there, a, is there a sweet spot in your opinion or do you think it it's varies yeah. be- between the person? If you're anything like me, then you can't get enough about bourbon. And that's why I'm a subscriber to Bourbon Plus magazine. Bourbon Plus is a quarterly publication that tells the stories from the heart of bourbon, the farmers who grow the grain, the distillers who labor over the process, and the people like you and me who raise their glasses to celebrate it all. Subscribe to Bourbon Plus magazine today at bourbonplus.com, that's P-L-U-S.com, and use code PURSUIT at checkout for $5 off your subscription. Shopify's already taken the cash register online, helping millions sell billions around the world. But did you know that Shopify can do the same thing at your retail store? Give your point-of-sale system a serious upgrade with Shopify. Shopify's point-of-sale is your command center for your retail store. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify has everything you need to sell in person. And with Shopify, you get a powerhouse selling partner that effortlessly unites your in-person and online sales into one source of truth. Track every sale across your business in one place and know exactly what's in stock. Connect with customers inline and online. Shopify helps you drive store traffic with plug-and-play tools built for marketing campaigns, from TikTok to Instagram and beyond. And get hardware that fits your business. Take payments by smartphone, transform your tablet into a point-of-sale system, or use Shopify's point-of-sale Go Mobile device for a battle-tested solution. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Do retail right with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash bourbon, all lowercase, and go to shopify.com slash bourbon to take your retail business to the next level today. Shopify.com slash bourbon. So, you know, there was something, Jeremy, that you mentioned earlier, you know, talked about different flavors that are in the uh, the first third and the second third. I mean, is there a is there a sweet spot in your opinion, or do you think it, it's varies yeah. be, be, between the person? Oh yeah, I think it varies it's much. Right. Very there much is a person. sweet spot, and it's between the person. Yeah, yeah. it's all subjective. Um, so I guess can, what's your sweet spot? Uh, for me, I, I'm with Ryan on this. We're one. still talking about cigars. Thank you. <laughs> for me, it's the last third. Um, I like I like big heavy oily I'm cigars. Close to there and I'm getting it. I'm starting to like it. And uh, yeah, I mean when it gets uh, when it gets back, to, and you do have to be 
a little more careful. I mean, it gets a little more adventurous when you're playing with those flavors. Um, but for me, it's the last third. I, and I, I think for most people, though, it's the middle. Right. It, for it, me, it's the middle. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's it's the second third. It's, it's, where, the, it's the, the we're warming up, and oh, now we're here, and then it's like, okay. You know, <laughs> when you get to the last third, you're like, oh shit, it's almost over. Yeah. Right. But also, it depends on the cigar. Like, I'll smoke a cigar, then I'll get down to the last third, and I'll be like, you know what? This this is the profile's changed a little bit too much for me. But some cigars, I'll be down to when I'm burning my fingers, and it does didn't change very much. You know, it, it all it really depends on some of the cigars themselves, too. Per cool. your recommendation, I'm, I'm about a two inch ash here or inch and I a don't, half. don't I'm, knock I'm it trying to keep it don't <laughs> knock it I've seen four or five yeah. inch ashes we've had kind of, you, inevitably on a good Friday night there are competitions oh, at yeah. the bar of who can oh, have yeah. the longest ash <laughs> what's uh, the longest you've seen uh, Nub ran a contest one time there's a company called Nub yeah but Cigars. Nubs are only four inches long so I mean well, well they did with any scar sorry oh okay and they ran a contest show us your best ash great play on words um, and it was so? probably <laughs> It was probably four and a half inches yeah. of just ash. Uh, uh, by the way, it also tells something about the construction and quality of a cigar. Absolutely. Um, uh, it's not necessarily to have and a And how windy four, it is. And how windy it is. <laughs> you don't have to have a, a three, four, five inch ash, but a quality made cigar should hold at least an inch and a half or so ash given. Um, if it's ashing before that, assuming that it's not you know blowing wind outside, um, then it's usually a construction issue. Good deal. So I'm going to I'm going to throw some bourbons at you and I'm going to just kind of ask like, you know, what would be your ideal pairing with something like this? And, you know, this is one we always talk about on the show. Ryan just poured it for himself. And it's uh, it's the. <laughs> oh, were you, you going to speak the unspeakable name? Yeah. Uh-huh. So it's it's the Henry McKenna bottled and bond 10 year. 100 proof, pretty solid, reliable bourbon, $30, $25 if it's on sale, Kroger, wherever you can find it, right? So, like, if, if somebody comes and says, uh, you know, I want a Henry McKenna, and then what kind of cigar should I pair with something like that? So, Bottle and Bond uh, bourbons um, are, are sort of my favorite playground as far as pairing with cigars. They are the, in my opinion, the, the best proof and usually the best flavor profile because um, we know, you know, they're at least four years old and all that. We're getting into, and it's a very versatile um, so you can go as far the extremes I would go with is a light medium shade. So uh, I'll give you an example. I wouldn't go any lighter than a Romeo and Juliet Red Label 1875, which is sort of their classic. Um, I wouldn't, and you can start to tiptoe into Maduros. I wouldn't go crazy, <laughs> but you can get into um, oh, Ahoy de Monterey uh, Maduro or a Christoph. Natural or Christoph Maduro, you can start to get into that, but they really play best in those middle brown shades, um, Habano seeds, Cameroons, and uh, I, I guess some of the those off the top of my head, um, that Christoph Habano, yeah, um, it's going to go great with it. Uh, what else we got in the humidor that would work well? The Jake cigar is was designed for that. Mm-hmm. Um, the Jake cigar was was designed to go well with. Bourbons a lot of that stuff. we love. Well, yeah. bourbons that we love, which happens to be those range of hundred proof bourbons. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I'll throw another one at you, right? So um, you know, I've been sitting here. I've I've had uh, the same cigar, but I have three different bourbons so far. I haven't actually tried it with the Henry McKenna yet. So I've had yeah. it with the uh, Four Roses, which mm-hmm. you know, before we actually started, you said like Four Roses almost pairs with anything. Yeah. It no went, one seems to know it why. It was perfect with the Four Roses. Four Roses may be the most, especially single barrel, maybe the most versatile cigar pairing. It's always a safe bet. Sometimes it'll surprise you and blow you away. But it's never bad. Yeah. Um, 
I credit that to the high rye blend. I think high rye bourbons are the sweet spot for most cigars. Wheated bourbons work better with uh, lighter Connecticut shades, um, and full-on rye really compete well with Maduros. But for your mid-shades, which is the majority of your cigars, a high rye blend of Four Roses uh, seems to always work as a safe, safe bet. It does seem like that. And then, yeah, and then we drank the Eagle Rare with my cigar. It actually, the cigar actually overpowered the Eagle Rare, like where I couldn't. And proof kind of played made a large it, part in that, too. It made it, it was probably the proof, too, but it it kind of like made the Eagle Rare, like there was no flavors in the bourbon yeah, versus. It, it's, it's amazing because I was about to say the <laughs> same exact thing because that second pour I had, same cigar, had Eagle Rare, and it just, it just didn't do anything for me, right? right? But, you know, the Henry McKenna, I would actually put oh. on top of the Eagle Rare. However, I still think the Four Roses is the, <laughs> the yeah. best of the three so, yeah, far, so far that I've had with this particular with that cigar. Cafe you had. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It competes well. There, there's a, when, when we try to pair cigars, there's the balancing act of you can either, and most of the time you want to complement the flavors of your bourbon, um, or you can accentuate. Um, accentuating becomes a little bit more of a dangerous man's game because you can go too far in one direction or the other and ruin the experience. Where complimenting is easy. Um, you know, if it's a high ride blend, um, you're wanting something that has a little bit of spice to it, enough spurs to hang with it. Um, if it's a wheat, you don't want something, you want something a little sweeter um, that will complement that sweetness. Um, when you get dangerous is when you get into the big flavors of both. Um, like for me, pairing a Willer Antique is pretty easy. Mm-hmm. Um, it's going to hang with a light cigar. It's also going to, I get to move into some of those natural shade, medium body, the Partagas style cigars. Um, but if somebody comes in and goes, I want a uh, Elijah Craig barrel proof and I like big spicy Maduros. We now have to find a very specific combination for you because there's not a whole lot, you don't have a lot of room for error. Um, so that's my biggest suggestion when you start pairing cigars and bourbon. Start safe, start with something 190 to 100 proof. Start with a lighter or medium-bodied cigar, and then get adventurous. Because when you get adventurous, it can work out great. Um, there are, I mean— Or they can clash. Right. Jake can yeah. attest. I mean, Jake doesn't like mostly— Mostly. Uh, big cigars and big bourbons, but a George Stagg bourbon, right. barrel-proof with the right cigar. Is amazing. <laughs> right. So I guess um, let's talk a little bit more about when we move up uh, a little bit higher in proof, right? Mm-hmm. So what we're looking at, let's say like, I got a bot out here of Stag Junior, right? So yep. if you're looking at a Stag Junior and you've got something that's uh, creeping up to 120, 130 proof, like what kind of what kind of cigar are you really looking at to uh, recommend to a customer if they're if they're wanting something of that? And, you know, you had mentioned already Elijah Craig barrel proof with the Maduro, but you know somebody like me, like I I know my bourbons, but I don't know my cigars. Like what, what's what's that good pairing right and there? And we don't want to throw you into a Maduro off the bat um, for mo- most people unless you just tell me I love black coffee and dark Big chocolate we're not, yeah, we're not e- you even that. with that though you still have to take into account how much of a cigar smoker they are because they might love big bold bourbons but and so they ready. think they like <laughs> big, big bold <laughs> cigars but they smoke one a month you don't want to get them to the situation where they're, they're standing they're, up and falling. Down. Right, that they're that they've been made uncomfortable and they've been turned off by cigars because they they know what their body reacts to the big bold bourbons. But wait, this cigar just when you throw that in there, put me on my <laughs> butt, and I, so I don't want to do the cigar anymore. So you got to really take that into account as someone that because that's one thing we do at the store that that people really appreciate is that we will take into account everybody's situation and preferences to recommend a cigar that's going to kind of enhance their experience. And I've made that mistake before. Like, uh, I've had like a 
big bold Willet, you know, barrel proof. Right. And then had a big bold Monte Cristo. Right. And I felt like I just ripped the bong like and, ten and, times. And you got to. And, gotta, and, and know, I was like, I'm cannonball. sick. Like I'm not feeling good. I'm not sure what that means, but <laughs> but that's where you need somebody on your side. That's where you know. I mean, yes, it's, I shouldn't. Have, yeah, somebody to say don't even go down. Don't even go. Yeah. Don't even go down that road. You, you yeah. Know. You need a. You need someone. Someone like us that that. Want your experience to be good so that you come back. Yeah, and then exactly after that, I was like, "Man, scars! I just don't like them." Cause right, because it's, it's like the next morning, you're like, "That's the cigar they got me." I'm still and chewing on that, right? And all that, right. and it's like we don't, we 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 do enjoy profit and people <laughs> coming back. So we're not going to do that to you because we don't want to do that to ourselves or, or you, but we don't want to do it to ourselves. So and we don't want to turn anybody off of cigars. Right? Absolutely not. Um, so and, and, Ryan, what's your point right now? So you just poured yourself, uh, what Henry McKenna yep. with your with your uh, what would you have? Uh, it's a Christoph Habano. So, I mean, kind of sure. like what's what do you think is your your ideal right now? I mean, do you like the Henry McKenna or do you like the Four Roses with it so far? I I still think the Four Roses the uh, still was the best. Still inching pairings. out ahead of you, yeah. I, and I don't know. I mean, that was a private barrel selection, so I'm not sure which. It's just an OESK. An so OESK, it's well, the best which is the best. Four, right? yeah, it's just the but, best. It's but it it seemed like the flavors of the Four Roses stood out more, and like they both complement each other better than uh, this Henry Ken is better than the Eagle Rare, mm-hmm. but the Four Roses still was my favorite so far. And and to answer the question on high proof bourbons. Um, like I said, the, nat- the, the the fun place is in Maduro's, but it's a little dangerous. Um, when you come to higher proof bourbons, the oil content of a cigar really helps out with that. So I can put you in a lighter cigar with a higher proof bourbon if it has a great oil content. So, um, for example, that um, that Habano or a good Criollo, uh, which is, again, a, a style, um, typically have higher oil contents. And it's really easy to tell it an, an oily cigar. Um, it will have a sheen to it when you look at it. Um, I've got a Camacho barrel-aged bourbon one right there, and it just shines. It has a gloss to it um, that is the oil of it. That oil and that cigar that coats your mouth, one, helps protect from sort of the high-proof of the cigar. This is back to why it pairs so well. Um, Sort of those... um, I don't want to offend Jimmy, so I got to figure out a different word. Uh, (laughs) If you offend Jimmy, that might be the end of you and Jake's. Jimmy didn't like like, like the the ethanol flavor. Um, the high proof flavor of bourbon, the, the just the alcohol flavor, mm-hmm. is softened when that oil coats your mouth from the smoke. That's why the fun really gets into high proof bourbons, big oily cigars, which typically are Maduros, but there are oily cigars that are not because your your palate is protected by those oils, and so you can really get into the flavor without a lot of that harshness. Harshness, you still get that Kentucky hug at the end of it, but you don't get a lot of that rawness on the front end. Right. Um, so we can. St- so if you're drinking a Stag Junior and it's your first time. We can still get you into a cigar without taking into big, bold cigars. A little more challenging, but still still doable. So let's go to the opposite end of the spectrum, right? Because I know we had, we had mentioned it earlier, but like uh, Basil Hayden and something 80 Gosh, proof. Something That's really like, easy. It's the gateway, it's the gateway bourbon. So, so a lot of newbie it. bourbon drinkers... You know, they drink basil hand. They're like, that's don't call Jacob newbie to this, right? No, 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 no. Actually, no. But it's a good, it's a good day. You know, a good day bourbon. You know, I mean, you're, right. you're you're sitting, you're really enjoying yourself. You're not looking for anything over the top. It's just, it's so consistent too. I mean, I just love. So, so talk about like what kind of cigars would you pair with something that's that's uh, easy? I mean, 
right now we're sitting outside and it's a solid 90 degrees, maybe maybe 85. <laughs> but like if, if it's a hot day, it's really easy to drink a low proof bourbon like that. Mm-hmm. So what would you what kind of cigar would you pair with something like something that? Something that doesn't overpower. It. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, you don't want to just sit there like you're can't taste what you're drinking. You know, even uh, even as as mellow as Basil Hayden is, if you really kind of think about it and focus on it, it has a good flavor profile. So you don't want anything to take away from that. So what kind of give an example? You you, you go so, with Connecticut. I mean, you yeah, go with a lighter a lighter smoke cigar. Um, you would. Connecticut's will work well, and especially Connecticut's that are actually grown in other places start to work really well with your basils and blantons, your 90, 85 proof range. Um, Because a a Connecticut grown in America actually has a fair amount of strength to it. A light color, but a a fair nicotine kick. Not huge, but noticeable. But when they grow it in different climates, um, it gets— It mellows it it out quite a bit. So when you have in Jamaica uh, a macanudo grown there, it uh, it mellows out a lot. Um, so you're going to want to stick with that Connecticut shade, what I called a Claro earlier, but much more commonly known as a Connecticut shade. Um, a light body is going to be okay without going over the top. You can go as far as um, I wouldn't I, the Jakes. I'd go Corojo. Nicaraguan. Be, yeah, Nicaraguan Corojo would be about as far as I would want to go with the basil head. Yeah, uh, where you, that strength is not overpowering, but sometimes that pepper can can complement. Yeah. Nicaraguan cigars. One of the reasons they're so popular right now is because. Well, Almost anything can grow there. They also pick up. Uh, I talked earlier about how there's very we rarely get sweetness naturally in cigars until we get into those big, uh, well fermented style cigars. Um, a lot of Nicaraguan cigars um, by terroir, by by the way it's planted, is picking up a little bit of sweetness, like a Connecticut shade grown in Nicaragua would go great with it. Absolutely. You know, I'm I'm kind of noticing as I get towards that last third of the cigar mm-hmm. that the Henry McKenna is now pairing much yeah. better with it. Right. Is that because of the spiciness yeah. of the, the last third? They're standing up with each other. Okay. And that yeah, is Yeah, because the, the McKenna of... was kind of overpowering the cigar. cigar In the middle. Right. Right. In the middle. But now at the end, they're kind of, it's a match made in heaven. Mm. And those become really fun when you, especially if you're smoking a, a good length cigar, Churchill or better, uh, you know, a six inch, five and a half inch or better cigar. When you have solid segments of thirds that you can walk a bourbon through that. Um, those are a lot of fun. We do those at the bar, not uh, not as much as we'd like, but as often as I can to do a flight of bourbons with one cigar. Um, and hopefully knowing, having smoked enough of those to know how it's going to change to put you with a flight of bourbons that will change with it. At the right it. time, yeah. Oh, hell, I'm going through a flight of bourbon with my little guy, right? <laughs> <laughs> right well, we're, I'm about to switch your, your little guy out. I have to jump over to the Jake's. Gonna... <laughs> That's fine. We can we can try that. You know, yeah. uh, if you want to, you can go ahead and start that, and I'll kind of okay. throw throw another question. Yeah, uh, you know, while we're while we're doing this, um, so you know, I'm I'm looking at you know the idea. What I want to do is I want to bring some bourbons to the table and kind of ask you know generic questions because these are these are some bourbons that are uh, fairly kind of easy to get in the market and stuff like that. So uh, you know, rye whiskey um, is starting to grow in popularity a lot, right? Yeah. I mean, you've got and you've got a, a lot of people that are trying uh, you know different. Proofs, different levels. You've got some that are coming from different distilleries. Here, give me that one. Give him um, one with a V cut so he can experience that. And the and and so you've Please. got things like Sazerac Rye that that I have out here, and that's a that's a solid thirty forty dollar bottle if you can find it. And I've also got Thank Russell's you. Reserve Rye, which is a hundred hundred and four proof, so a little bit more. Uh, but you're looking at two different distilleries. You know, when I taste these, I taste the rye a lot more in Russell's than I do inside a Sazerac. Um, so if you are, you know, we'll take two of these as, as good examples. So like when you, when somebody comes, like give some examples of what kind of cigars that you would pair with a, a, a particular type of like well, rye whiskey. Funny you say that, uh, this cigar I have smoked more of 
than any, any other cigar. You mm-hmm. know, just just because I'm trying to make sure that throughout the batches we're staying consistent. This is the Jake cigar. This is too. the Jake cigar. Right. And I was just about to ask you to hand me the Russell's Rye <laughs> because <laughs> easy it, enough with Done. this cigar is phenomenal. Like absolutely, and the Russell's Rye is not extremely hard to get or anything. Um, Unless you but want it, a barrel pick. Unless you want a barrel pick, <laughs> which we'll do, Jeremy. Yeah, one of these but, days. Yeah, keep talking me into it. Um, but we'll go with you. <laughs> this, this Russell's with this cigar, with with a, with a Nicaraguan Corojo, which is mm. what this one is. But this one is special because it has a Brazilian Habano wrapper. So it's got that, that medium body fill, but it's got that kind of spicy wrapper, which is going to give it a little bit more to stand up to the rye. Uh, so that's why I would pair these two together. Uh, now, the Sazerac... Also amazing with the medium-bodied cigars with a little bit of spice. Um, and to be honest, I've only gotten into Rise within the last year. Since I pushed you know, John mm-hmm. Since he's, he's very pushy. <laughs> okay, but he's bigger than me, so that's all right, I guess. But um, So he will push me into that. And I have I was a little skeptical in the beginning, you know, because I'm all about Kentucky, Lexington, bourbon. Right. That's it, you know? And— so he started showing me these rides, and I was very skeptical. Then I started to taste them. <laughs> mm-hmm. Then I started to taste them with cigars, and I'm like, you know, we might, we might explore this for. Let's not jump head first, but let's let's keep this open, you know. And and then one that really got me into it was the Sazerac, um, and even one of the ones, the first ones that really got me into it was the uh, Knob Creek Rye. I think that's a really good rye. Mm-hmm. And uh, then you had the Booker's Rye, and life changed. Then I had yeah. the Booker's <laughs> Rye. <laughs> Well, we just start, look, you know, that's fine. <laughs> yeah, that's, you know, that's a whole other And the, the Van Winkle rye. That is, is, oh, yeah. Man, those are just something else. But but I don't know. You know, I, I see how much those cost me. So I drink things like the Russell's rye, the Sazerac, which are, are amazing. And, and here in a minute, once you light up that Jake's and, and try a little bit of one of these ryes, you're, you're going to— s- on hand to do No, it's great. Like you're going to see—you're going to—you're going to not have to wait— Cool. So uh, to you know, see the the how well they pair together. So let's uh, so let's also let's no, think about the um, the other forty nine states within the U S. that aren't going to make the destination trip to to Jake's. But like, give some ideas. What are some of those other kind of cigars that pair well with um, with Rise that you know they could go to their own local cigar shop that aren't necessarily around Lexington? Well, we will give you those options, but we'll also tell you that we can ship in the forty nine contiguous. Uh, <laughs> oh, okay. So there you go. So if you call us, we will send. There is no rules against us uh, shipping you. One to as many Jake cigars as you would like. Oh, there you go. So we talked about how uh, popularity, you know, is what pairs them. That's why bourbon Thank is now popular with cigars. Um, rise, uh, you're seeing that trend again with cigars and, and whiskeys. Rise are becoming increasingly more popular. Nicaraguan cigars are becoming increasingly more popular. Independently, they don't have anything to do with each other. Um, Nicaraguan cigars are becoming popular because the government's finally decided to get off its ass and be nice to tobacco farmers, and that's why. Rise are becoming popular because we're quickly running out of bourbon. Um, but it's also pushed them together as a pairing, which in this particular case happens to work really well. Um, your rise being a spicier nature hold up with some of those heavier cigars without getting into Maduros, without getting into dark cigars. When I'm saying heavier cigars, um, I'm talking Camacho's Barrel Aged, um, the Opus X by Toro Fuente. It is um, Yeah, it is. <laughs> Um, some of those, when I say a heavier, a heavier natural shade cigar, um, and those are where the rise work really well with them. Um, the Melwer rise, like a Sazerac, like a baby Saz, 
um, work with just about anything. It can give you, again, more playroom, lower the proof, the wider your scope of cigar choices, by and large. Um, and, but the, the Russell's really, good. Jake's right, is a sweet spot. Mm-hmm. It is, uh, it, it, the Russell's Rye pairs really well with Nicaraguan, Brazilian, and Honduran, particularly. Those three regions are growing some phenomenal um, darker medium shades with some great oily cigars, some great spicier cigars. Um, they are working that end of the spectrum, which goes really well with rice. Bounces out bourbon really well, especially when bourbon brings sweetness to it. But really, when we're talking about complimenting, the rice go great with it. So let's talk about... Um I want to try to think of a bourbon that's like super woody. I and mean, when I think of like when I'm chewing on a stick, I think of Elijah Craig I'm 20. Old or like double oak? I'm talking like Elijah Craig 23 year. Yeah. It's it's like chewing on a stick to me, oak right? Tom's. It's like super, super oaky, right? Then we're trying to balance uh, Parker's and, you know, 24. And then Parker's 24. I mean, some people love that. And that's that's awesome. So like what – give me – and I'm, I'm, that's what I'm doing. I'm going to keep throwing you some of these bourbons because I right. think that's what a lot of people that really want to know, right? Like what, like what do you all think um, is, a good, is a good cigar to pair with something like that as well? So when you get into the extremes like that, now we're going from complementary to balance um, because there's just not a lot of add. I mean, let's be honest, like a um, an Elijah 23. If I added a Romeo and Juliet Cedro, which is a naturally woody cigar to that, we are just— Do you know what I would pair that with point. that? Do you know what I would pair with that? I'm listening, Jake. <laughs> and you might think I'm about to say the Jake cigar, which would go fine. <laughs> but It all comes back to Jake. But if I were to sit down with an Elijah 23, I would— Knowing that that is a not a sitting on the shelf at Rite Aid, you know, and it's a fantastic, in my opinion, bourbon. I would grab something I know that it's going to burn well. I know something's going to have a good build. I know something's not going to be overpowering. I'm going to go to a. I'm not going to say what you think. I think you are. I'm going to go to a a Monte Cristo. Oh. I'm going to go to a Monte Cristo. No, no. I'm not going to go for classic. I'm going to go white label. Okay. All right, so I'm going to go white label. So I'm going to not go over the top, but I'm going to know that it's going to be a great, great tasting cigar. See, the Monte we Cristo's. What were you going to say? I was going to say a Davidoff so. white label for almost the same reason. Because You know, I, honestly, I just didn't think about it. <laughs> I thought that's what you were I would have. You're right. I would go with the Davidoff Grand Cru number two. <laughs> yeah. And with that Connecticut wrapper, and it would just be, it would. I might want to have that pair alone. Like it would just be so amazing. It would so, be so when you get into like you said, the but we're talking a thirty dollars cigar and a how much for a two, shot of two fifty hundred, you know, two hundred fifty dollar bottle, yeah, something bottle like that, number. right? It's a good night. So like a if you you know, it, I mean, how much would that be a? Uh, I mean, in a, a store at a poor at a bar, you're talking forty dollars probably. Maybe, yeah, yeah. Uh, sure, almost at a hundred bucks for one cigar and one drink. That's a hell of a night. That's a heck of a night. <laughs> I mean, it really is. But so when you get into those extremes of bourbons, really woody, really spicy, really anything. Then instead of doing what we normally do, which is compliment, you're balancing, um, and that's why that that we both hit on the same thing. That that's a great choice is because you need a cigar that is lighter in body, but the interior construction is a little different. As Monte Cristo and Davidoffs are, they have that Connecticut light shade on the outside, but on the inside they're a fairly stout cigar. They're about as stout as you go with that wrapper on the outside, so it'll hold up to it. And hopefully the lightness, the creaminess of that Connecticut shade is going to add a lot of balance to that. And that's that's when the balancing act comes in. Cool. So I got I got probably I think two more to throw at you. Okay. So 
Um, there's a there's a huge uptick in finished bourbons. Um, oh yeah, port like finished, Angel's wine Envy. finished, Angel's Envy. Sure, I mean, you name yes. it. Like a lot of these, Pond 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 Pond. yeah, all these kind of like cast different finishes, right? Mm. Um, you know, I, I I know we could probably go all day talking about different ones, but kind of let's generalize it as much as we can. Um, you know, what would pair well with something that is a port or wine finished type of bourbon, right? I mean, it's something that's a lot of that is super sweet, has a lot of those, uh, you know, you can definitely taste a lot of the wine characteristics that are coming out of the barrel itself. Uh, what's a, what's a cigar that would pair well with there? Like, is it spicy or is it See, medium in my opinion, or is it? In my opinion, might be different than we're going to disagree on this one. I'm going to go with one of those perfect storm Maduros. Where it's going to be a well-aged, like we have one. It's the Punch Grand Cru Number Two Maduro. Number Two Maduro. It's a it's a torpedo box press, and it, it it's it's my favorite Maduro. It absolutely is. It is unbelievable as it comes to Maduros, and it has that Java tones, all those those deep chocolate, and that's where you're going to get that kind of pull those sweetnesses together, in my opinion, and that. That's a great pairing for a certain time of day. After dinner, after dessert, you'll be on cloud nine right. with a Maduro cigar and a finished Well, that bourbon. would be the only time I would drink a finished. Right. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's not hate because a lot of people do like it, but, you um, know, it's— The the other—and and the Maduro will work well. It's going to, like you said, it's going to complement those sort of big fruit flavors, the dried fruit flavors of, of cherry or plum. Um, and the cigar should add a fair amount of chocolateness to it. Um, the other option is— there are some finished cigars that will work well with that. Um, the uh, Arturo Fuente makes one called the Anejo, uh, which is finished. Uh, the the outside wrapper is finished in <coughs> cognac barrels. Interesting. Pair that with a Belmead cognac, and you'll have a great night. Mm-hmm. Um, and there are a couple others who are doing that. Um, Hartfield and Company, I believe, is doing a cigar with Gurkha uh, that is finished off in a. Uh, a bourbon finished in port or sherry or, or something of that nature, um, but there are there are a few finished cigars that will go really well with it. Um, if not, yeah, Maduro is the. We had is the we safe had bet. a Gurkha long time ago. What was it called that actually was was finished oh, in uh, the Louis the Louis Trey. Yeah, the it was actually finished in those Things barrels, and it was yeah, they but they were delicious. But yeah, how they much were delicious? delicious. <laughs> <laughs> this was five years ago. If, yeah, I mean, then that Ooh. was five years ago. I mean, you know, I mean, you can. So if you believe the marketing hype, um, and this cigar's gone, I'm already you, said you, Gurkha. You'll still find it out, out in the market. I'm saying, yeah, but it's not easy. I don't think it's even being made anymore, but it was. No, I don't think uh, there, you'll still find them. By the way, if you ever if for our dusty hunters, if you like hunting, go to your local cigar store, especially some old guy who's got a shop in a corner somewhere, and just ask him if you can look through the humidor. You'll find stuff in there from the 70s, from the 80s, has some great age on it. And some plume. And some plume to it, uh, which is an aged powder on the outside of a cigar. That's where a lot of people would, so you'll look at a cigar and a lot of people, they won't understand, especially happens more with the Maduros and such and the the heavier Oilier cigars. Oilier cigars. They'll have this kind of white looking substance. Everybody jumps to, oh, it's mold. It's not. It's not. If you you see it on the end caps and, and you're kind of not in a spot that, you think would be have plumed cigars because it does take time. Plume is can easily be wiped off, right? Okay. So actual mold is going to be if you see it in your, your cap and everything, then that's going to be mold. But plume, if you can just easily wipe it off the edge, uh, the it's side a fine of your cigar, powder. a fine powder, then you have a very well aged cigar. It's where the oils have actually came to the surface. They have crystallized and shattered. Right. 
Interesting. I see now. Now yeah. you got something else to search for, right? Because um, I think I think all Dusties are gone in America. So now hey, you can man. go Dusty Cigar. Right. Hunting, exactly. Right? That's, right. that's the, maybe that's the next big thing. So the um, the last one I kind of want to throw at you in regards to the cigar pairing. You know, I I brought out a Tom's Foolery. It's a four year, um, but you know this is a the craft market is growing exponentially. There is so much um, young aged whiskey on the market today. So like, what's something that you would pair with? Uh, I'm not going to say that you want to like take the taste out of something that is young because you can definitely Enhance. taste a young flavor. But I mean, yeah, like what there do you, you do to like either make the experience and more? I don't want to say more enjoyable because people are proud of the product they put out. But like, how can you? How can you? What would you pair with something that's a younger whiskey, maybe two to four years old? We got to get you with some uh, liquor rips. Those, those, those complimentary words that don't say this is new make. Yeah, exactly. it's young. It's refreshing. It's vibrant. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's gonna be good in four years. Yeah, <laughs> right. Which is nice to say it's going to be good yeah. in four to six years. <laughs> Um, so, uh, when you're going into the younger, the, 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 the two to four years uh, cigars, uh, truthfully, it can get difficult under sort of real, real young. Um, I was just saying, I didn't know what to say. This was just all yeah. you. <laughs> when you get real young. going to throw a curveball for When you get real young, it gets hard. Uh, by the way, the Tom's really, thank you for that. I've been wanting to try that for a long time. It's good, I actually. really like that. Um, it's actually one of the better of the young ones that are out there on the market today. Yeah. I so, will say that. So, like bourbons you age cigars um it's cigar tobacco and it's aged in two processes it's aged before it's rolled um for a variety of time sometimes young as a six months sometimes as much as seven years and then once it is rolled it is aged again again sometimes for as few as uh, as short as a few months and as long as a few years and a pretty common question we get from people is how long will a cigar last yeah absolutely and the answer is as long as you can keep it nice uh, you can have – I have cigars from, you know, that my dad would bring me back from business trips 15 years ago, and I've kept them nice, and I can pull that out. I, I keep mine where I'm aging them. I, I keep the humidity a little bit lower. You know, it, it doesn't – because the only thing – two things that can kill a cigar. There's only two things. Well, three if you include fire. But <laughs> the two that can kill it are being too wet. If it's too wet, it'll mold, right? Or too hot. If you, that's why you never keep a humidor in direct sunlight or anything like that. If it's because in this is a really natural product, so there's actually things in the cigar that it's a living thing. It's a living thing, and if it gets too hot, then you start to run into the issues where those things that are living in there live and destroy the cigar itself. Mm -hmm. uh, so if you and there's a lot of people with lots of theories of storing them in the refrigerator and things like don't that. Do <laughs> don't, don't, yeah, don't, don't ever do any of that. Just, it, it, you know, I mean, it, you'd be better off just putting it in a box in a climate control place without box. any humidity, you know, and, and a Rubbermaid box. But the, as long as you keep it from getting too hot, which is, you know, over 75, 80 degrees for a extended amount of time. It's not, you know, if you throw it in your golf bag and it's going to sit out for <laughs> 15, 20, an hour, it's not going to do anything. You're going to then smoke it. It's not going to be a problem. But if you leave it out in the sun for days, weeks, then that's where you're going to run into the issue. Or if it's too wet. Now, too wet, you can destroy a cigar overnight. Uh, so basically, the answer is as long as you maintain a cigar from getting too wet or too hot, it can last a lifetime. Yeah, but the answer to not the question he asked. Yeah, I know. But it was a side. I remember, so, I remember so the right. question people, was the question people was, ask that, right? Well, I mean, people you? wonder. The question was younger <laughs> bourbons, um, and so I was talking about aging, <laughs> the age of cigars, <laughs> and how it is important to maintain them. Right. To be fair, um, but you can balance out a younger 
bourbon with an older cigar. The problem is you're now spending probably twelve to eighteen dollars on a really well aged uh, Perdomo or uh, Padron Anniversary, a great well aged eight year old bound cigar. It's probably going to cost you twelve to eighteen bucks with a bourbon that probably cost you six bucks a pour, four mm-hmm. bucks a pour. And so you could balance it, but not the, if the, it's va- the value <laughs> the value is not there right. typically. What you can do is compliment them and have a little fun with it. Um, you can go with a younger style cigar or, and he's going to smack me for this, a flavored style cigar. And it's very important to say what a Look, good flavored cigar is. There are margins in flavored cigars too. Um, a good flavored cigar is not a, a White Owl or Swisher Sweet. Yeah, I was like, but there are some great, the, the cherry, um, great. whole leaf, hand rolled, naturally flavored cigars out there. CAO. CAO does a whole line of flavored. Uh, Pipe quality style, you know, cherry flavors, bourbon, vanilla, honey. Um, a Drew Estate does a whole line of acids, which are botanical flavors. There's, a, there's several out there. Um, that really paired those. Those are where young bourbons sort of find their home. You can add some really wild flavors to it, to which, let's be honest, will mask a little of the unsettling flavors of that young bourbon, but will leave some of the more pleasant things, those bright flavors that you kind of like in younger. Younger stuff. So that's a good choice. Um, or younger style cigars. Um, you, you're not looking for old age cigars, which typically means you're looking for something under 10 bucks, something fairly small in ring gauge, um, something fairly light in flavor. Absolutely. Those are going to pop with that's, that's a That's a great answer. And, you know, there's um, – I think we, we've ran through a lot of stuff that was on here at the table, a lot of things that I kind of had uh, as ideas. And I think we will – we might finish it up like pouring the Joseph Magnus cigar blend as, as kind of like capping this oh, off and yeah. see like how this is going to work with this, right, as something that was actually made for this. But, um, you know, there was – there's another question I kind of had. It was, you know, it was always starting in my mind. Mm-hmm. And this was um, it was it was back on one of our earlier episodes with Maggie Kimbrell, and she talked about the Van Winkle cigars. And I see you have one here mm. with us. Now I want you to be honest here because you guys are the purveyors of, of cigars. Now is it good or is it hype? Because there is a lot of people that spend a lot of money because it we has need the a Van, sidebar for this because it has the Van Winkle name. What? I my answer would be both. I need to phone a friend. Oh, that's the political answer. <laughs> no, it, it, well, but it's, it's true. I mean, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's made by Drew Estate, so it's got a good build. That is, it's true. got, it's, it's got a, a good well flavor. Quality, it's a good quality. Cigar. It's a good flavor. But I'm not going to lie and say that you're not paying for the Van to, Winkle name for the Van Winkle name. And that's anybody true. that would not think that is, you know, a little crazy, so, right? So, so you're really just have to determine: Are you just looking for a value? Or you want to try something that is pretty hard to get, you know, I mean, in all reality. And as far as I go, I would smoke it. I would have to smoke it to be able to talk about it. Um, But for its price, it's not one that I'm going to sit down and sit there and like you know really once think a about, week and have a pappy cigar. I, I think I think let me let me cut to the chase there. Is that there's probably better values on the market rather than just die, just going for the name, right? There there are, but no, you're gonna argue, run me into your argument. There's something to be said for a good story, and that that is the truth. As much as I rail against it, both in bourbons and cigars, 
Sometimes people want the story. What are we drinking? That's delicious. <laughs> so this was Magnus the, the Joseph A. Magnus Cigar Blend, Isn't which that is delicious? That which is, is delicious. Which is a straight bourbon whiskey finished in Armagnac, Sherry, and Cognac casks. So it is a uh, it's a finished bourbon, but in three different. It's an um, MGP, right? Of it's, all the well, things you've been, had me try, why have you never? Because we can't get that. <laughs> it's it's, it's a, in Washington. It's a, it's a, it's a, a DC, DC only kind of release. Uh, it's weren't kind you in DC like three months ago? <laughs> well, yes, but I don't. Everything bring back a truckload of bourbon. Me. That all sells out in about a day and a half, too, right. in D.C. So it's funny. I went to Jack Rose, and I said, give me all your bourbon. And they said, no. <laughs> Here's <laughs> a pull of Willet. Enjoy. You know what? <laughs> you should have tried harder. <laughs> uh, so the, the Pappy Cigar. <laughs> um, so I love it, and I have some issues with it. So I'll, I'll be honest with you. It is a great flavored cigar, first off. If that band's not on it, it's a great smoke, like most Drew Estate cigars. And I, I love Drew Estates. I'm a big fan of the brand. Um, they do great flavors, interesting flavors. They do great quality construction, and they have done that in the cigar. It's a it's a good flavored stick. The fermentation process they're using is more unique than the rest of the barrel-aged fermentation. They're doing a couple things differently. Um, the problem I, ha- I come to is with a little bit of transparency issues. Um here we go with this conspiracies. It's not. It, it's it's not. It, the, whole, the, issue, the whole. It doesn't matter if you're going the whole bourbon, bourbon game is. Yeah, right. I, I've done a fair. I've done a lot of research, and never anywhere does it tell me this is aged in Pappy Van Winkle barrels. Mm-hmm. Not that it really matters, but it matters when you're paying that premium for it. Yeah, if you're in the- when, when, when you're paying, you know, a couple hundred bucks for a bottle of bourbon or fifteen twenty bucks for a cigar, I think it sort of matters. That doesn't take away from the fact that it is a beautiful, delicious cigar. But to other bourbon nerds like me, it, the provenance might matter. And it probably is aged in Pappy barrels. It would make entire sense that it would say that. But it's hard to find a place where it is clearly stated that that's the case. Right. Absolutely. Um, so the, but, proof, the proof is on the label. If it's well, not, then who knows, right? It kind of comes back. You weren't there, but when uh, I interviewed Bill and uh, Mike from Delilah's, they were talking about how difficult Pappy and Buffalo Traces made it to, like, know exactly what your pappies are, like what's on the label. And it's like, why don't y'all put it on there so you can create, you know, that certainty that this is not... Because we're going to buy it it either way. (laughs) Right, right. That's the truth. Yeah. I I love this bourbon market, but we're going to buy it. You know, you put Kentucky out there at $300 a bottle, it's selling out. Mm. But be honest about it. So why not tell the story of it? Um but that, but the, yeah, the truth but is. But everybody that buys it's going to enjoy it. It's not like people are just going to hoard it away in some shed. It, that hurts. You, you'd like to think that, but I'm sure it happens. <laughs> so uh, another another question. This was actually comes from uh, Miguel Lucero that put it on uh, Facebook. You know, and this kind of goes into exactly what you're saying with barrel aged uh, cigars. You know, he says I see a lot more barrel aged cigars on the market, mm-hmm. and I'm curious for recommendations on some info, the technique, on how it imparts the flavor from the barrel to the tobacco. You know, is it? They, I mean, do they basically just dump leaves in there and like Depends. roll it around a few? Like, but like, what's what's the idea? <laughs> um, so, so if only it was that simple. Right? Yeah. The quick history of it is this was a process that we used long ago. Um, Caribbean islands would use barrels of rum if it's a particularly dry season and you're needing to ferment your tobacco and you haven't had a lot of rain. You throw it, use rum barrels, and it sweats it. Um, it has waned, ebbed and flowed since then uh, throughout time. Uh, about seven years ago, I believe it was, um, I forget the name of the company. Uh, oh, uh, 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 La Gloria, maybe La Gloria Cubana, don't hold me to that one. Yeah, somebody did a barrel-aged cigar. This was seven years ago, and the market wasn't what it was, and so it just didn't go over very well. Delicious cigar. 
just didn't hit. In the last two or three years, we've seen the explosion. Now, see, the truth is this Pappy cigar has been being made for uh, nine years at this point, I think. It's been a long time they've been making this cigar, but we, most of us only think you know, it just came around two or three years ago. Drew Estates have been partnered with with Van Winkle for almost a decade doing that cigar, um, but it just now hits sort of Popularity, the market. Yeah. Um, the barrel-aged cigars right now, the big boys who are doing it really well, is Drew Estates is doing it as well as anybody. They're using a little different process. Typically, you take that tobacco, and we're only talking about the wrapper, by and large. I don't know anybody who's barrel-aging filler, which mm-hmm. is the middle of the cigar. Everybody's, again, because that's where 80% of your flavor comes from, we're barrel-aging the wrapper. It's where we get the most bang for our buck. They set it, fold it into the barrels. They'll sweat it for anywhere from a couple days to a couple months for a minute, and that's your wrapper. Drew Estates is actually cramming that barrel full. Um, according to different press reports, sometimes with a hydraulic jack, they are cramming tobacco in there. And at that point, you are really fermenting tobacco. You are, you're, you're not just aging and sweating. You are. It's a real fermentation process. You're going to break down um, some chemicals in it. Right. At that point, Brian, um, that's an awful nice ash. You have, I right? know. I'm working on it. He shows a. He's about an inch and a quarter. That right shows a well built cigar. That's right. Shows it's the Jake's. I, I know. Well, no, I'm talking about his cigar. <laughs> Will you get your mind out of the gutter, Jeremy? <laughs> um, Camacho, uh, and when we talk barrel aged, keep in mind we're talking about almost any spirit. So there's barrel aged being done with bourbon, rum, uh, cognac, branding, several different styles. Bourbon being the hot topic right now has has taken the place. Camacho does a barrel aged American cigar, which is delicious, which we've got, um, which the Corojo is the filler, but the rest of the tobaccos are American tobaccos. There's American and Pennsylvania broadleaf fermented in bourbon barrels. They do a Nicaraguan rum barrel. Nicaraguan tobaccos finished in rum barrels. Um Arturo Fuente does that Anejo I mentioned, which is finished off in uh, cognac barrels. And that, that's almost a dessert cigar at that point, especially when you're going into cognacs. Is there such a thing as a dessert cigar? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Like those ones I would talk about when I when I mentioned the one that I would pair with, with, the, with port the, the, you know, the port finished Angel's Envy or something. It would be, I consider a dessert cigar one of those great, great Maduro's kind of wrapping up the night type deal where, where you have these bold toffee it's just amazing. It's funny because I think a dessert cigar for me requires me to come outside on the back porch by myself with a cigar <laughs> and a, a bowl of chocolate ice cream and just have to. That's 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 not terrible. Either. Yeah, don't knock it. I mean, don't knock it till <laughs> you try it. Again, I mean, again, like if we're talking parent. personal yeah. indulgences, bourbon vanilla ice cream with caramel on top of it and a good Maduro cigar. <laughs> Take it from a fat kid. Um, <laughs> then Perdomo is doing the only light shade barrel aged. They're using a, um, a Habano, uh, it's called the Habano bourbon barrel aged, but it's an Ecuadorian Connecticut wrapper aged in barrels. The rest of them are pretty dark. The Clanchos are very dark, or quite dark, obviously. Now, the Pappy Van Winkle is being done with a double style um, wrap, which Drew Estates is very famous for, which changes the flavor because of two different tobaccos on it, on the foot and the head. Um, but the Perdomo is a barrel-aged Connecticut shade, which really is starting to bring Are they barrel-aging both? They are. The entire the light apple, and the dark? Yeah, is barrel-aged in bourbon barrels. That's an interesting – that's interesting. I mean, so I, I kind of want to wrap this up because I know this has been a, one of the longer podcasts. So I got mm-hmm. one last question, and this is definitely going to be a 
Uh, I feel like we've just begun. Something, yeah, I know, right? <laughs> I feel bad. That's what I was just thinking. Something, something is a something is a newbie I'm do a here part too. <laughs> yeah, really, we we might have to. Uh, something is a newbie, and you you only hear it, you know, because people are saying like, "Oh, I'm traveling," and like, "Oh, go pick up some Cubans." Like, mm, oh. Oh, be be honest. Let's be honest. From, you said you so, want to make this short. You know, let's 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 be honest. <laughs> Our, and and this is all. This is you guys and your professional opinion. Uh, are Cubans better than this? Say any kind of Nicaraguan or whatever it Till is. Till the '60s. Till the '60s. Okay. Till the '60s. I'll let you ran on that first. I'll the only it. decent cigars made were in Cuba. Mm-hmm. Uh, on a, on a mass level, I'm sure that in little pockets there was. Uh, or the Dutch. The Dutch, <laughs> right? Um, but after that, if you exclude the American market, which is what happened, <laughs> um, we're gonna figure out a way to get the best, and so because the market's there, so a lot of great people. Um, my guy, Jesus Fuego. You know, he he left Cuba. And he, he comes from a long family of of growers, uh, tobacco growers, and he he left and he immigrated to I believe it was Honduras. Um, stayed there his his amount of time where he could get his work visa to come to the United States, and that's where he created his own. So I, I would put any of his products up against anything that comes out of Cuba. Now the only thing is, if you get a real Cuban. There's so many fake ones out there. It's most of them aren't. What? No, most of them aren't. Most, no, most, 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 you, I understand. It's the most counterfeited off, thing in the world. You step off a cruise ship <laughs> and you buy a Cuban cigar, 90% chance it's not Cuban. Higher than that. I'm being nice. <laughs> uh, I'm not being a hater. <laughs> and so if you get a really good Cuban cigar, in my opinion, my, some of my favorite Cuban cigars are H. Upman. Old brand. Old school brand. And you get some of that salt. You really do. You get kind of some of that overwash that you can only get out of a Cuban cigar. And it can be a great thing. But like everything else, it's going to get to the point where, and eventually the markets are going to open up and it's going to be an absolute nightmare. And the nightmare is going to be because of trademarks. Where we totally cut ties with Cuba, basically they could create another brand somewhere else, mock the entire thing, and finally lost it. Right. And so what happened is that we have Cuban Cohiba and we have Dominican Cohiba. A lot of the branding looks almost all of them. Uh, looks, looks exactly identical. the same, right. but they're not the same company. Not close. So how are you really going to be able to differentiate that? It would be a lawyer's nightmare if it ever happened. Plus, payday. Plus, it's a small. Right now, bourbon or cigars are, are, in my opinion, gaining popularity. They really are. And so to keep up with that demand and everybody in the beginning is going to say, I want a Cuban. I can get a Cuban now. I want a Cuban. Well, once you start pressing that market where they, they haven't been accustomed to that volume, that's where you're, it's but they're like, going to want to be pushing it out. Right. It, is that, is that they're, well, but Pappy's a little different because I, in my, I guess, I don't, I don't know, but, but they haven't really compromised quality as much but i, I guarantee Ooh. you <laughs> as okay we'll as let, much we'll let the debates go as anyway. much okay how about this as much as i know that the cigars would right um it would get to the point where consistency would be an issue something that they would not let out because a lot of things that, like with cigars you have called what's called a second so monte cristo is a big one with that ashen's one with that whether or davidoff is a huge one with that is that if they have a cigar that has a defect of any kind they're not going to sell it under their label. Mm-hmm. They're going to sell it under a secondary a label. label. And so it's a second. So so it's where the issues would come where it, what would 
now be a Cuban second, they would be very tempted to go ahead and let that go as a, as a first. And you would run into that issue where I don't want that because I don't want to sell an inferior product. I don't want somebody, because we do stand by everything that comes out of our humidor. If you grab it out of our humidor and it falls apart, we'll give you another one, no questions asked, even if you happens, light it from the wrong end or <laughs> things like that. It's never happened. Right. And But we'll stand by it. And I'm scared to death that people are going to go in there and I know they're going to be pricey, that somebody's going to pay $20 for a Cuban cigar and it's going to blow up on them and it's not going to be because of how I held it. It's because they let something go through and counted on that name to carry it. And so I'm terrified of so it. So you're terrified of counterfeit and everything that Every, comes well, to market. But, but, I mean, and I'm a lot nicer than Jeremy. Yeah. Because uh, somebody will come in and say, man, I got this Cuban. And I'll be like, that's awesome, man. I hope you really enjoy it. And he'll just go fake. And I'm just like, <laughs> come on, man. Like, let, let them so, uh, let them enjoy the Let moment. them hope for the I, best, you know? At the end of the day, yeah. Give them the placebo I believe effect. this across right. almost all honesties. But I'm a sweetheart like that. I believe an educated consumer is a better consumer. And, <laughs> It's the, I, I believe that. And, and that's why I like transparency in bourbon. It's why I like it in cigars. There are a lot of misconceptions about Cuban. Now, to give them the credit to make the, the compliment sandwich, on the front end, best quote I ever heard about Cuban cigars, they're like French Bordeaux. You will never find a Napa Valley that is as good as the best French Bordeaux wine. But you'll find a lot of red Napa Valley wines that are better than a lot of French Wines, right. the best of the best. You're never going to beat that Bolivar or that Cohiba Bahiki. Those are the best of the best. And you, you truth is, you're, in my opinion, you're not going to find a Dominican that beats it. That being said, a lot of Dominicans, most Dominicans, beat a lot of Cubans on a regular basis for a lot of reasons. Um, there's a misconception that the Cuban cigar is light and airy and easy, and it's not. Mm. And that's okay. I still love them. They are a kick. Cuban cigars typically are not aged real long. One, because of the demand for them, but one, that's the flavor that the Cubans like. They like a stout, high-strength cigar. Um, so they're not aged real long. They're not real mellow. Um, as a matter of fact, when you smoke a, a Cohiba, I can tell you, even if I, without the signs of the band or the construction, as soon as I smoke it, if it doesn't give me a little kick in the chest, it's not a Cuban <laughs> because there's a strength associated with them, and that's okay in the right flavor profile and the understanding of it. Um, the quality construction has become a huge issue. Um, to give you an idea, I love Romeo and Juliet uh, Dominican cigars. They I smoke awesome. them regularly. Super consistent, too. Out of 20 boxes, I'll smoke. You know, We're talking 400 cigars over the course of, of several years. I'll have two cigars that don't burn well on me um, because we regulate, for better or worse, cigars in America to a point of that. Uh, I smoke. Over-regulation is becoming <laughs> a huge issue right now. We can, say that for, we can say that for number two. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, in, in Cuba, it's the exact opposite. It's the opposite extreme. There is no regulation at all. There's very little quality control. Now, the Cohiba um, takes it upon themselves with brand the, the, the heritage of their brand to, to control that quality, but some don't. Um, and so it's not uncommon out of every five-pack of Cuban cigars that I have one that's just unsmokable. I mean, not two inches into it. It's just not smokable. Um, those are some of the misconceptions about it. And I have a real fear that when they push it, if you try to open up the market, they are just going to shove it to market. Yeah. So the short answer, the long-winded version is, if you get a great co Cuban, smoke it. It'll be phenomenal. Um, if a friend gives you a Cuban cigar, I've learned from Jake, 
you accept it and say thank you very much. I'm sure Castro himself handed this out to somebody <laughs> because the intent, and this is back to the the, the, the fellowship, the camaraderie of fellowship. Yeah, the intent is much more important than the quality of the scar. Right. Yeah. Um, it, you know that, that at the end of the day that's true. But if we're talking about on its merit, um, understand what you're getting into with Cubans. Don't go into it with the false assumptions that it's something it's not. It has its own very distinct flavor. Um, and now you can. Uh, you have the option now to legally own them, possess them, give them to friends. Unfortunately, not buy them from me. Um, but maybe Fortun- one day. Fortunately, right now. Let's uh, figure it all out. Right. Anyway. Um, so you have the option of going and exploring with it, but try not to go into it with the wrong ideals. Absolutely. I, guys, that was great. That was a great way to kind of wrap this up. So yeah. uh, uh, last thing I want to let you do, uh, you know, Jake, give a, give a plug for Jake's Cigar Bar, where you're located, right. how Jake's they can find Cigar you. Bar and Lounge. We have a tremendous selection of bourbons. Uh, getting new ones all the time. We even had to rebuild our it was a, a weekend project that Jeremy turned into a two-month project of turning our stock room into a bourbon library <laughs> uh, with the, the library ladder and all. Uh, it looks good now. And so we're, we're forever expanding our, our bourbon selection. But also, we are a cigar bar. So we have a nice 400-square-foot walk-in humidor, like I said, with, with 500 different options of different cigars that we will tailor to what you're what you're enjoying that night be it a bourbon be it we also have 60 different beers you know we have revolving taps uh flat screen tvs big leather lounge chairs it's the old school lounge like you would think um we are a 21 and over environment because we do not have food but you are more than welcome to order in food bring your food whatever you'd like uh we do a lot of events so make sure you follow us on facebook because my wife has done a fantastic job creating these event environments where we have food trucks and we have storyteller. My favorite event we've ever had was with Jimmy Russell and his wife came in and it was like an intimate storyteller time. It was unbelievable. So the events are awesome. Other than that, we're open seven days a week. Uh, Follow us on Facebook. You can figure out what we're doing. But it's just a place to kind of unplug, just kind of relax and and enjoy life a little bit. And so... um, Find us on Facebook, Instagram, all the normals. Awesome. Thank you so very yeah, much for being on here. Uh, you Enjoyed know, every minute of it. Absolutely. And, and uh, thank you to all of our listeners that helped actually give us idea. And then somebody gave us idea, and I knew Jeremy worked there. And I said, Jeremy, what do you think, man? <laughs> and so, Jeremy, thank you so much for stepping up. Thank and, you all. And, and making the trek down here. Well. Yeah, <laughs> making, making the trek to Louisville, right? I mean, this has been fun. Uh, you know, I know there's been a, a, a few birds chirping, a few engines rolling by, airplanes going and over. the but sun it, beaming on us. Yeah, that's yeah, nature. You know, but that's but we, we did all right. So We had a good time. So everybody, make sure you follow Follow Jake's Cigar Bar and Lounge on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. You can follow us as well, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, at Bourbon Pursuit. If you also like what you hear, make sure you support us on Patreon, patreon.com slash Bourbon Pursuit. We're also open to more sponsors that are going to be going into the 2018 uh, year. So make sure you reach out to us if you want to get your name and brand in front of, uh, you know, 7,000, 10,000 users on a weekly basis or listeners on a weekly basis. Make sure you go and you talk to us. Uh, we'll make sure that happens And if you well. come in and mention... Anything about bourbon pursuit Uh-oh. to us? Uh oh, here we'll we go. Give you 15, we'll give you fifteen percent off. From the hip there it is. Purchase. There it is. So that'll help hey. help you on your 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 drink every once in a while on your cigar. You nope. Just come in and mention that you heard us on uh, the bourbon pursuit, and we'll take take we'll ca- good care. No joke. Uh, you hyped up these Jake cigars. They're pretty damn. They, they are. They, good. I was. I would not <laughs> lie. They we were we were worried about them lasting. The 10, <laughs> 10 years and not being able to get rid of them 18 months later we're, we're waiting on more I mean I, awesome. and I will say and I paired it with the Russell Reserve rye it, oh, it, it, it completely changed the flavor profile of the rye yeah. that it tasted even way better than it does Absolutely. just on its own yeah I, 
I don't know. It's it, you, yeah, turn, you, it you, turn, you, turn, you turn me into believer. Let's if you ever get a way. chance when y'all when everybody's traveling, go to your local cigar shops. Um, if they have a house brand cigar, trust me. And and this is a story for part two. There's a lot of love, time invested, much like a barrel pick and a bourbon is invested into these house blend cigars. Um, they really are some of your best value for the buck out there. Awesome. Well, thanks so much. Ryan, close us out, man. Yeah, appreciate it, guys. Again, that was, I had a lot of fun and smoked some great cigars. They were Absolutely. enjoyable. Much appreciated. And uh, like this show came from show suggestions. So please keep them coming because you all give us the best ideas. Sometimes we run out of them. So we love, <laughs> it's very true. We love your all's creative uh, processes that give us ideas. So. We have plenty of stories. So have us back anytime. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We'll have we to do would a part love two. to be able to have a time where. Let's do a part two there. You know, I was about maybe. to say, I would love for you guys. We've done live uh, radio broadcasts from inside of the cigar bar. So we could do it before we open. Yeah. You know, nobody in there, that kind of thing. And it would be Screw a, that on an evening. Have a party. We'll do it. Well, I'm just worried about that. I don't know. <laughs> Interference or something, but yeah, we could do that too. We could start it and then roll it into that. But that's where no, I'm that's looking for forward you guys to, to figure yeah. out. Let's get that on the books. So, yeah. uh, no, I appreciate everybody listening, and uh, we'll see you guys next time.